Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. <laughs> My name is Harrison the Hunter, and with me is James Dark. Way. And then, of course, we got Spooky Sean. Fufu. Uh, hello. Now, James, you are, you're good for nothing, useless piece of crap. Oh no, these are my notes for Sean. Sean. <laughs> oh right, wait. Where the fuck have you been? Um, last right. episode, last yeah, episode but... you weren't here, right? We only record one of these like every nine years now, and you yeah. weren't even here. No, but this, but, but sure, serious. I've got the time off work. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Those those people that you care for in that care home, they can care for themselves. Yeah, they. Could. That's what they don't know. If they were just given a bit of encouragement. <laughs> Encouragement. Yeah, um, well, let me know in a month, uh, a month advance, and I'll book the time off. All right, thanks. If, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, as, if you can't tell, this is an RPG show all about tabletop RPGs, and today we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be talking about what we've been playing and what you're saying, and then we're going to do the main subject, which is going to be Raithu, uh, a goth game made by idiots for idiots. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I'm, and, and then we're going to do some uh, electro letters. Does that sound good, lads? Yeah, it's a bit tasty. Good bit toasty. Right, let's go on to what we've been playing. Yeah, what you slaying? Yeah, so we finished Sean's Fallout campaign. Unsurprisingly, uh, you know, Sean, Sean has a bit of a reputation for long-term <laughs> listeners of this show. That, that I, mean, he is... I don't know if I have the reputation. It's more that you guys get yourself in... No, 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 no. Oh, You've you got the reputation. Of being a killer GM, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now, all right, then, all right, Sean, let's just, uh, let's just have it out. How did the campaign end? Well, it ended with, the, with you all dying. Oh, So enough said. Oh, I see. Yeah, you fucking. But um, yeah, it was it was a very good campaign. Uh, the the crux of which revolved around uh, people know what a Fallout setting is, but James's character he was a ghoul. So uh, and he had some repressed memories of a time when he was the leader of a baseball team, <laughs> and uh, we were fighting this um, group of people called the Angels throughout the whole thing. Trace them back, and it turns out that because when we did a flashback with James's character, he kind of, as the nuke were hitting, he jumped in a bus and tried to drive away. Yeah, I, I sleeper agented. And uh, he left all of his kids to be destroyed in the nuke. Yeah, but I didn't remember that not, at the time. Yeah, not on purpose either. No, no, not on purpose. And then, uh, obviously, 200 years later, when we, when we started, uh, um, we finally tracked down the leader of the Angels, and it's one of the kids from his baseball team, and probably one of my favourite twists in an RPG ever. Because yeah. um, I liked it when James, your character, was like, it's you. And she was like, yeah, it's me, Murray Hewitt. <laughs> and it was just one of the greatest reveals. Um, and he was kept alive because he was like a brain in a jar in a robot. Is that putting it ac- accurately, would you say? He was a cyborg, yeah. yeah. Kept alive, yeah. yeah Cybered Borg. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, um, yeah, that, that was a good campaign. But with the, the trouble is, uh, is that we ended up, due to a random table of D- D1000 listeners, just bear that in mind. D1000. That's right. It was Terminator all over the place. But we had a random table of, of, of loot, right, that we could roll on. There's a thousand results. We happened to get a mini nuke. We happened to get a satellite array. Oh, yeah, that was um, that was ridiculous. Uh, Sean, yes. so I know Sean's got his reputation for being killer GM, because he is. Um, but uh, he also should have his reputation 
of uh, of doing like sex crimes, of doing sex crimes, which he does. Um, but he, I'd like to be like go on record saying no sex crimes. Uh, Sean, they were never proven. Sean, this going to be right? stricken off the record. We, um, the, the record will not show that exactly. No, but um, Sean does this thing where he really likes um, young. T- <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, 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 he re- no. He really likes to give um, like the the the. Um, table of a thousand items he really likes to sort of uh, sell it to us loads so we, oh, we, we had a moment where there was we, we were rolling on it and Sean was like mate oh. he's like what's that 56 and we were like no no it's 55 and you're like oh 56 is amazing <laughs> and so we no, were trying to like we, we were it was trying, 82 wasn't it it was definitely better I think than it was 82 yeah yeah because in the end like we were trying to get this thing for the whole fucking game and it was like just it, it, we were mostly getting like strings, pencils, combs, but it ended up with um, that one being a frag grenade, which I know is good, but it's not quite as good as what we were sold. And yeah. we already had about eight hand grenades no, between you, us. Anyway. I think you misunderstood. Like I think just because you guys were so starved of, you know, good. I things. think it was more a case of deep, deep mis- misrepresentation. But yeah, we ended up with some pretty good shit, and uh, obviously we had a plan. Where we were going to try and face off against the final bad guy because he was also one of the other characters' his dad. Well, we we technically did. We did, we did, but we had a plan. So we had our and just just bear with us here, listener. We had our robot dog outside, hacking all of the systems, and our plan was to leave the nuke between one of uh, one of the automatic doors and then re- we leg it. The dog slams the doors shut on the nuke. Because uh, we had two of them, basically, we had two nukes, and uh, he slams the, the the doors shut. We escape, and then their main headquarters, which was elsewhere, we used the satellite array and the nuke to blow them to kingdom come. And it was supposed to be the final episode. What ended up happening was my character puts the nuke on the floor, and the guy, <laughs> the Murray Hewitt, pulls out a gun, shoots the nuke, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't Sean, really, once he'd exacted his entire revenge plan, he had really no, had nothing to live for. Do you know what though? Uh, and he sort of completed his mission. I was thinking about this today, and I do think that um, from a legit, actual standpoint, he had all the three people he wanted to kill in the room with him. Yeah, that's what, that was his life's yeah. mission. Yeah. So if he went down with them, I think it was a very, very fair way to end a game. It was, and Sean made a point um, um, sort of afterwards when we were debriefing a bit. Um, when he was, we were talking about. It, he said, "Look, he was literally a hair's trigger um, away from." Um, you know, just two bits. One being absolutely crazy, and um, you know, just talking it out and 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 fighting. And the other one was just simply shooting. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Basically, yeah, great campaign. Loved Thanks. it. Really good. Yeah, well played. Well played, guys. Even though you all died. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, you're just mad because I'll be able to do something with my fucking guitar and hands that you'll never be able to achieve in your entire life, kid. So yeah, you're gay. We've also been playing, uh, so we moved on. We moved on from that sad, sad expedition into our miserable lives as Fallout Wastelanders. And um, we've uh, gone back to school. So... Uh, I mentioned a couple of, well, I think in the last podcast, that, that I've been uh, working on a supplement for, uh, oh, just just don't, just ignore it, and it's like it didn't happen, uh, working on a supplement for Old School Essentials, which is essentially uh, going to be Fantasy Star, the um, old Genesis and Mega Drive games, 
but uh, with the serial numbers filed off, and that's that's what we've been playing recently. I decided to set it because the F- Fantasy Star Four begins in a place called the Piata Hunters College. At least I think it does, if I recall correctly. And um, this is where we've set it. So we're playing a game set in a sci-fi fantasy world, set in an anime school. Is that ac- accurate? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Last night we wrapped up our first term. Uh, as as these guys are, you know, freshmen in the school. Uh, we've got Sean, he's playing Chaz, who's a stoner knight. Uh, like a Californian surfer dude stoner knight. Yeah. And we've got James, who's who's playing a Newman ranger. And a Newman is basically an artificially created biohuman that's been made in a lab. Yeah, I'm playing a female called Rika. Yep, and uh, she is kind of like, if I was to put her into an anime stereotype, I guess it would be the one, she's the quiet loner. Yeah, the quiet loner who every now and then is like super cool for no reason. And got some strong opinions on stuff. Yeah. And then one day she's going to do like some massive move. And you're going to be like, whoa. Yeah. In I fact, she's done quite a lot of those already. Yeah. And then, Definitely, of course, the, yeah. the final character, we've got Alak, who is a Warhammer nerd and a cleric. And um, yeah, the, so far the the whole sort of structure of it is that I've been doing lessons where these guys can earn inspiration, and then once a week they'll get sent out on um, they'll get sent out on tasks like missions. So like in Harry Potter, it'll be like I don't know that weird bit where they just go out and they're looking at Buckbeak for a bit, like that your, your missions, your tasks. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we've been doing a bit of that. So once it, they they do lessons, clubs, profession training, and uh, yeah, once a week they they have a mission assigned to them. And essentially, the way it works is that the the military. This is a military academy. So these guys are used to do the jobs that the military can't be bothered to do, or that you know, if they want someone to do it for f- basically free, they get these students to do it. Uh, obviously, death rates are high. It's a, a, a bit like Harry Potter, actually. It's like after a certain point, you do wonder why anyone keeps turning up to that school. But there you go. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of uh, a lot of deaths happening around us as we do the missions. Other people are doing missions. You've seen a lot of death, a lot of maiming. We've caused a lot of death. But you guys, yeah, you guys have been too. very lucky considering this is old school essentials. Um, but like, for example, uh, all the students are put into teams of three people, um, which they then spend their entire school career as a group. Um, somebody they know has already had one person die. They saw another person die out on a mission. They've seen several dead bodies of students out on missions. Uh, and and, an alarming amount, actually. Yeah, we've definitely killed some said students. Uh, and an alarming amount of axe murderers. <laughs> one. One. That, that one is all you need, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so so the the missions are kind of like I suppose they're their own thing. The way I wanted to structure it is like have it episodic, but with an overarching storyline. And at the moment, I suppose the overarching storyline is that uh, some students, uh, are, well, in fact, you guys have seen it. There's this phenomenon happening where a massive flash of light happens, and certain students will go missing. Yeah. Some will turn to stone. You guys have figured out obviously that it's only the non-Palman races, so it's basically non-humans that are getting turned into stone. Some of the humans are coming back after going missing, but they've gone feral, and they're talking about something called the Purge and the Promised Land and things like this. They've recently were on a mission where they were just collect- having to do a fish delivery, uh, and they met an axe murderer out in the wastes, and it turns out he'd been turned as well, and he was talking about this uh, dark overlord called Dark Falls. And if anybody knows the game series, they'll know that horrible, horribly named thing. 
But yeah, and um, so so these guys are investigating. But the trouble is, is that as they've been investigating, the school is trying to shut them up, sending them on dangerous missions uh, constantly. They've even uncovered that the prefect that was giving them the mission briefings has been given money under the table to cure her mum of yeah. her disease yeah. um, in order to keep quiet about you guys constantly being sent on missions meant for people eight levels above you. Yeah, and we found like some uh, interesting like bits. Like There was a totem with engravings and we uh, traced it with a large bit of paper, showed it to the um, headmaster or principal, whatever their uh, term is, um, and they just sort of looked really shocked by it, but um, was just like, oh, yes, well... Yeah, That's well, nothing to worry about. That. Yeah, yeah, played it very diplomatic. You guys gave him the uh, the the copy of this uh, this massive totem that suddenly appeared in the middle of town. And we got it translated. Yeah, and you got it translated by a musk cat. They're a race of cat people. And uh, in addition to that, yeah, you took a rubbing of it. Well, when you went back to go and see it, you noticed that somebody was trying to take it out of town. Like, the school is trying to cover up whatever it is that's happening. <laughs> That is about as far as you've got in terms of figuring it out. But um, the mission-wise, we've had one where they sent you down a sewer and they paid some guy to lock you in there uh, with some zombies, zombie fish, zombie cultists. And you've had another one which was also designed to kill you, which I can't remember. Was it? Oh, no, it was the sewer. And then, yeah, obviously, the then sewer, you yeah. spoke to the prefect and she put you on an easy mission. That's when you got tackled by the axe murderer. Um, and you also had one where you had to investigate missing prefects, uh, but it turns out it was linked to the whole phenomenon that's going on, and, and that was where you guys started to uncover shit, and they tried to shut you up. So, the last session that you guys have just done, um, when we ended it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it was like... So, uh, that's where they got in terms of the investigation. They've earned some money, they've got some magic items. But it was the end of term, so it's summer break, so we did a beach episode. um, Because that's typical of animes. Now, what was cool about this, you you had your guys setting up scenes. Sean, you were smoking doinks under a... Under a pier. Yeah, like these guys could all invite one person. Um, Sean was smoking doinks under the pier, then playing the N64, uh, playing odd jobs, slappers only all night. I got possessed by the um, death axe that I picked up. Yep. Well, not possessed, cursed, sorry. but It's so. a cursed Dude. axe, but essentially there is somebody else living in your head now that is in the axe. Yeah, so um, I kind of sort of went like semi-feral and ran into the woods to try and sort of get rid of the urge to murder people. And I started just cutting loads of logs and trees down and stuff. Yeah, because he was like, well, if the axe wants you wants to taste something... I'm going to the woods. Yeah, just thought yeah, it would be no. a really good idea to sort of quell the thirst. But then you, you Sean, Sean did the right thing and he set up a volleyball game and you aced the volleyball game with your roommate. Yeah. And then Sean won another one. Who was you playing with? Alex. Uh, oh, you, you were playing with yeah. the cleric. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it. Oh, yeah. That was pretty fun. And we ended the game with, uh, I, I said that there, at a certain point during the night, because uh, two of the people you invited was uh, a prefect named Grace and... Uh, player on the blitzball team called waka uh you guys invited those two along and then ended up um middle of the night they're outside and they see fireworks and it turns out there's a summer fair going on down the road so these guys turn up to the fair and they can then uh, earn magic items by competing in certain challenges and it was good laugh yeah competing it was really in good harrison yeah, sort of presented them with a you know cool sort of list it was like oh um bastards uh, soda Challenge. Challenge. Mochi eating contest. Hot pepper eating challenge. Punch to the face competition. And ball toss. Yeah. What was funny is the, the way it went down. So so I kind of had this system where it was like, 
your HP um, for the beach episode, they're happiness points. And if so, if you fuck up a scene and you make it miserable, um, you know you're rolling for mundane shit. The end, you end up um, your happiness gets damaged, and you, the 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 consequences that you've had a bad summer vacation, right? And uh, that same went for the fair. If you failed the challenges, you could go on rides to then put your happiness back up, but you would have to pay. Um, but the challenges, the way I did it was that I'd had a, a real life component that would add. Well, we to weren't your aware role. of at a time. No. Um, and the real life component would add to your role. And what's funny how it went down was it was like first one James was like, okay, Rika's going to go and try the hot pepper eating challenge. Yeah, so he just paps down some fucking chilies on the table. Bird's eye chilies. Yeah. Um, and the idea was that these guys had to eat as many chilies as they could in two minutes. And uh, each one you finish, it would give you a bonus to your con roll that you would do to do this. Now, I am aware that one time we slagged off a Kickstarter for including uh, eating chilies within its rules. But this was a basis of a dungeon crawl. Uh, I was doing it for a fun fair at the end of a fucking season of a game. So yeah, when it's like the... Uh, the um, if, what was it? The, the consequence of not doing it wasn't entirely that great. Uh, but the reward for sort of completing it would be for some pretty awesome magic items. Amazingly rare items. Yeah, what I did is I put it so that you, you have certain thresholds to get third, second and first prize and everything would be announced at the end. So I didn't like go to... When, when they did it, I go, that's a pretty good score and then it all gets announced at the end of the fair. What was funny is, Sean, you you went through hell that night. You went through I hell did, yeah. last night, didn't you? I mean... It, you James, you you he bossed it. He, he I bossed it, but I mean, I, it was pretty, it was pretty Nazi, mate. No, you like, did, you it did was, really um, well. like, it was quite. I, I was really. You ate, he ate by two him. chilies. You were getting very veiny, but you... <laughs> <laughs> he, he ate two chi- two chilies, right, and then absolutely smashed the roll, right? Did amazingly. Yeah. Obviously, if you saw James do it, you wouldn't know he had just eaten. To, like he looked uncomfortable, but he wasn't screaming and shouting. And I've got sound clips of this, ladies and gentlemen. So don't worry, they're gonna they're gonna be in here. Oh, but I've got one of there's there's Sean. He's he eats the fucking he he, he obviously seen James do it. He eats one and he is in agony. That's what it is. Ah. <laughs> ah. Oh, so I have some milk. I don't have any, bro. You're a vegan, mate. Sean like, basically is I mean, dying. I love spicy food. In real life. Um, I thought, well, you know, I thought if James can do it, you know, I can do it, and I could not do it. Sean, not, Sean's <laughs> whole face just started sweating. He was screaming, point. he had his shirt over his head, he was going, ah! Yeah, uh, my favourite bit was when you went, plus one it is! <laughs> and also, there's another bit where you looked really upset because I was filming you, and then I noticed that your body language changed, and you put your elbow out to try and make me less close to you, and then you you reached out forwards and went, "Oh, please, it hurts so much." And you, there was a bit where I say like, he's shaking, yeah. taking sweets from the bowl to try and quell the fucking. He's like, he's got milk, and, it, and he's like, James, James, you got any milk? He's like, vegan, Sean. Yeah, but he, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have any milk. I uh, bet you like. You, you have coconut milk, though. Oh, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but the chemical makeup of coconut milk is completely different from cow's milk, Sean. It's not going to do the same fucking thing, is it? <laughs> well, that's unfortunate for me, then, no. Well, yeah, I didn't you work. didn't, you didn't have any milk anyway. anyway. He, was chugging, he was chugging inside it. There were tears in his eyes, ladies and gentlemen. No, um, yeah, like hot tears. <laughs> but the funny thing was as well, is that then we had another one, was the mochi eating contest. Now, it would have been cool if I'd actually bought some mochi, but they're fucking expensive. So got, six pounds for six. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not spending that kind of money. But it was for a pack of crackers, 
and I don't mean white people, you racists. The and cream crackers. For a pack of crackers, it was uh, 55p, so I bought those. And you had to eat as many crackers as you could in two minutes, and each one would give you a plus one. Of course, crackers are very dry, to the point where I think the world record is three in a minute. Even though they're very small, aren't they? Um, mm. So we, uh, pretty much everyone at the table tried it and realised it was futile, uh, almost instantly. Um and then, Sean, you tried the Bastard Soda Challenge. Basically, oh, yeah. what was in, in this fair, there was a company promoting a new soft drink. And the idea was that you had to try and chug the entire drink and uh, do it without burping and without mm. and do it in one go. Every, every pause you, and every burp would give you a negative. The minus one to your roll, right? So, Sean tries it. Bold as Bryce. I'll give him... It's a bottle of soda water. A litre. A litre of soda water. I had about like, almost half, I'd say. No, oh. you did not! It no. was about 20%. Oh, it was like a quarter at, at, at most. most. Well, but you know, and it, and the funny thing is, is that um, uh, I, I bought it and I was trying really hard to walk levelly when I was walking to James's, so I didn't remove any of the fizz. But Sean, you, Sean drank it and he must have burped five times. And uh, there's, I'll play the sound clip as well. But it's Sean going burp, and then we go minus one, minus two, minus three, because they were just coming thick and fast. <sighs> right, that's minus one. Oh. That's minus two. Oh. Minus three. Oh. Four. Oh. Sean, five. Oh. That was the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. But then, uh, no. I, I've got to be honest, it, it was disgusting. Because to show it was a good sport, I did down the rest of it. Yeah. And it was fucking horrible. It hurts after a certain point. You said today, this morning, that um, your insides still hurt from it. It did feel, yeah, it did feel a bit weird, like my chest. Yeah, yeah, my <laughs> chest and that. Um, but what was funny is like, like we did all of that, and then it got to the point where it was like, all right, so the two that are left is the punching. I oh, know, well, the ball toss came earlier, but that was you just had to throw your dice into a tray, and uh, if you got oh, it into yeah. the tray, that's a hit, and the number was how well you hit. That was what it was. What? Sorry, I just heard a noise. Um, uh, but yeah, then it got to the point where I was like, right, so nobody's done the punch in the face competition. And I, I, everyone obviously thought there was going to be a real component to that. Yeah. But my plan worked perfectly because it was like, everyone's like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to do that. And I'm like, all right, well, there's some pretty good items on this list. I strained my face like I was ready to take a punch. And I... All it was was you had to roll D4s and take it away from your hit points and see how many punches you could take before you got knocked out uh and you won first prize i can't remember what it was it was a gun i think wasn't it yeah i got yeah. gun oh you got the gun yeah oh, james got so you got second prize i can't remember what you got was it yeah i think it was, I think some... it was just a monomate wasn't it no it wasn't a monomate those, those were the runner-up prizes for pretty much everyone ah. but yeah um yeah it was good it was a good fun i think it was a fun way to end it's not really the end of an arc not even slightly but like the end of school a term, term yeah. a school term and uh, i thought it was quite fun to sort of um, because there's been so much death and confusion, um, it was fun to add, well, more confusion, but sort of like a really fun element of, um, you know, nice anime yeah, trope. Yeah, a bit, a bit as of comic well. relief and, and a bit less stress because yeah. obviously it's not an easy not game. Being an outcast as well, it's quite nice. So. That was lovely, yeah. It's like revisiting your school days, but you're cool. Except Sean's not, re- your character's not cool, but what's funny is that these guys can pick a club, right? What that means is that your Saturday is sacrificed to go into your club but you get essentially an extra profession but one that has limited use and um sean's character being a stoner he has not joined a club but the last two times these guys were doing their club things sean was just there and you know you know that thing where somebody where somebody um will do the um 
thing where their character will start talking even though they're not there, right? Yeah. Everyone makes that mistake when you're RPGing. And um, I think that's what Sean did. Like, your character, you were just like, cool, bro. And it's got some guy's Warhammer club. No, I did it, but on purpose. Oh, okay, right. Be, like, really fit. It was so funny. And um, it was like, because this guy was doing, uh, the character Alak, he was doing a Warhammer tournament, a low point by tournament. And uh, you, you, he lost, and then you were just in the background going boo or something like this, and then, and then James's uh, science club, you were just there, and they were doing a test to see whether if you could, how long you could go without licking your lips after eating a donut, and he was just there. So James, James was trying to do this experiment, and everyone's just cir- like circling Chaz just while he's eating a donut, and he's just like sweet. Yeah, that was good. It was very funny. Uh, well done. I like you. Thanks. It does bring me neatly, though, to uh, uh, another thing, because I, I wanted to talk about a product that I bought, which I can't find. It doesn't matter. Is it there? That's it. I can't reach it. Look, take a look at that, you know. It's really, really good looking over there. Where is it? It's there. What? Thanks, James. Yeah, it's a good product. It's, honestly, it's actually not even worth looking at, so that's why... BX Options. So, yeah, I, I, found, I found this product called BX Options BX Class Builder, um, and... Uh, I'm really... Seen it you don't need to, honestly. The presentation is rubbish. The pre- Stop yeah. doing that, James. This showing it for me to me for like a split second. The presentation is rubbish, um, but it's a pretty cool product. It's essentially, if you use OSE or any other old school D and D variant, the BX class builder will allow you to uh, create classes from scratch using their point by system. So. If you're fed up with the uh, the usual classes, you can use this and uh, point by stuff. Cool thing is, is that uh, for examples, it comes with a bunch of examples already in the book. So if you want different variants on cleric, fighter, mage, all of this shit, it's already got it in there for you. Um, it's a very very nice little product. Only thing I will say is part of a f- sort of uh, uh, sort of running trend that I see now of uh, uh, old school and OSR stuff having really nice covers and terrible interiors and I think it is to trick you let's just be honest that is what it is <coughs> yeah it's quite sad as well because the artwork at the front is really nice but it looks like it's um it's embroidery all, yeah it's organized very nicely it's fine I mean it's it's it's, it's all right it's, like, it's legible <laughs> but he, he really I'm thinking what Harris is saying is he wouldn't have published it like that no definitely not I would have published it worse yeah but um, no the no, uh, yeah it's, it's a good it's a good product if you want to if you want to make your own classes for OSE games yeah. I say the only restriction it has and this is fair enough is that is that the classes that you build do have to be variants on existing classes but that's kind of fine I mean you can pretty much make anything with it and I was trying to make you know the people that have been turned in the fantasy star one that's why I got this because I wanted to make a separate class for them like they're their own did class did you succeed no, I haven't done it yet. Right, well, that's what we've been saying. Uh, thank you very much. Skateboard. I don't know why I'm, th- I'm thanking. We've been pl- that's what we've been playing. Skateboard. D&D. <laughs> Other games. Drinking. All right, thank you. Main subject. Main subject. All right, are we strapping on? Main. Subject. Magic. Main. Subject. Tokyo. Main. Subject. As a homosexual goth, there's nothing I want more than to play an RPG where I can play an Aryan race of deeply sexy men with flowers for penises who have psychic abilities. And if possible, I'd like that RPG to feature some of the worst artwork ever conceived. Unfortunately though, no such RPG exists. Only joking, today we're talking about a very strange RPG from 2005 which features all of that stuff, and for once, instead of its world being conceived by a weird bloke, it was uh, it was thought birthed by a weirdo woman. 
So oh. that's nice for a change, isn't it, lads? It is, yeah. So instead of a weird guy, it's a weird, it's a weird woman. Yeah. That's for that's a quality, Sean. You can't knock it. Doesn't really make much difference to me, to be honest. Oh yeah, because you just don't see it. You know what I mean? You're so woke. Both, Fuck you. They're both weird, I no, because I actually do hate women more than men. <laughs> How can you hate women? Your mum's one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mind blown. <laughs> Uh, um, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to dive into a game called Wraith. F- I just want to say what I said about women just then. I don't mean it. I d- obviously not. Only a bit. Only some women. Only the bad ones. Only his mum. We're going to dive into a game called. R- R- <laughs> she sucks. Um, Wraith through from enchantment to inf- fulfillment. From enchantment, Wraithu, from enchantment to fulfillment, which is the worst name for a game ever, and is an RPG based on the bizarre sci-fi slash fantasy books written by British author. Storm Constantine. And before we get into the playing of the game, let's have a little bit of background, right? Um, Go on. Storm Constantine. Yeah. Um, that's the name of the person. Yeah, that's the name of the person, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we're in for a bumpy ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, yeah, of course we are. So, so Storm Constantine, right, was unsurprisingly with a name like that, a goth woman who was likely really called something like Rachel Smith. Born in Stafford, England, she started her writing career whilst working in a library in the 1970s, and when I say career, her accolades are actually quite impressive. She started off writing short stories for fantasy and sci-fi magazines, and uh, but her debut novel, entitled The Enchantments of Flesh and Spirit, was nominated for like five <laughs> literary awards that I can't be bothered to list. Has that um, got any connections with Fatal or stuff like that? Uh, do, do, uh, mm, well, the thing is, it does, mm, it does sink to depths deeper than Fatal in certain regards. And you're going to find out. Um, I feel like she probably either knew Byron Hall was mates with him or is Sucked him. him off once. Or is that... Yeah. Uh, if Well, when we're getting to this, you'll probably realise that that was absolutely true. Although it, it is sort of... I do feel a bit weird sort of... You know when we say about the weirdos that we talk about? Yeah. We talk about them sucking each other off and that or whatever. Yeah. It does feel a bit weird saying that about a woman, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, probably Yes. Uh, anyway, this book, The Enchantment of Flesh and Spirit, was the first in a trilogy which started in 1987 with The Enchantments of Flesh and Spirits and ended with The Fulfillments of F- Fate and Desire, hence the title of the RPG, with one called The Bewitchments of Love and Hate in the middle. <laughs> why is it the something of something and something? But I'll tell you why, James, because it sounds smart. But it isn't. No, but these three books, right, they were published from 1987 to 1993 and would be given the overarching title of The Wraith Thu Chronicles. Now, these books tackled things like sexuality, being really attractive, or, you know, sad face, that's rough, being deeply cool, but, like, with a dark side, right, because that, you know, sad face again. That was most of us in the 90s. I am still that. (laughs) I've still got a dark side, and I'm really cool. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't want to hear me ask, roar. Uh, ask me about my past, James. Rebel. What is your past like? I don't want to talk about it. Oh. Sunglasses. Mysterious. As Korean well. heart. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Korean heart, indeed. And also, they tackled, uh, you know, uh, the, all the things that goths love and all of that nonsense. And so they became well, quite... Black uh, stuff. Huh? Black stuff and that. Yeah, like Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 And uh, yeah, and so they became quite sec- successful 
uh, and sexual as well among angsty teens. But to get a better idea of the uh, uh, behind the world, let's just read Constantine's blurb. I can't even say the fucking name. I've had half a beer. Her blurb for the series. Here it goes. Humanity is in decline, ravaged by insanity, natural disasters, conflict, disease and infertility. A mysterious new race has risen from the ghettos and ruins of the decaying dying cities. The young are evolving into a new species which is stronger, sharper, more beautiful than their forerunners. Androgynous beings, they transcend gender and race. They possess skin psychic abilities and the means through a process called inception to transform humans into creatures like themselves. But they are wild in their rebirth and must strive to overcome all that is human within them in, in order to create society anew. They are the Wraithu. Now it does read a bit like she's saying, "Wouldn't the world be better? Be a better place if everyone was in attractive, androgynous goths like me and my mates, and also we have superpowers, yeah, and also would, someone though. who wasn't a goth, we could turn them into a goth." Yeah, probably would though. I think my description is better. Yeah. Well, you think the world would be better if everyone were goths? Everyone goths, man, it'd be so totally random. Yeah, but nobody would care about anything. That's the trouble. No, but secretly they do care. Well, that's the, that is the other trouble, isn't it? Yeah, have, like, hearts. I don't care about fashion. That's why I spend five hours putting this outfit together and doing my makeup. Yeah, I don't care about, like, uh, that cute thing over there that's really cute. I, I just don't, I just don't, you know, like to be put into a box. Oh, well, you like listening to rap music, do you? You trendy. <laughs> you trendy <laughs> git. You towny. <laughs> uh, anyway, in fact, Storm, Storm more or less said what I said in, in an interview once. But I will say this. On reading about Raythu and Storm Constantine, it seems to be pretty universally agreed that the world that this takes place in is at least interesting. Right? That's what I found out while I was looking all over the place, looking up shit about this. It does seem to be some kind of proto-Twilight for early 90s kids. But I think the best thing we can do, Sean, James, is we go into this with an open mind. Because many things... There's many things I wouldn't choose to engage with, but they would make great RPGs, like Power Rangers. EastEnders. Yeah. Good RPGs, probably. But, like, you watch EastEnders and that. Uh, right? Occasionally. No, but no, but seriously, there are some things that you could you could look at and go, I don't like that thing, but it would make a great RPG, right? Yeah, I don't definitely. like anime set in a school, but I'm running one right now. Do you see what I mean? Because yeah. I'm not a fucking paedophile, so that's just the way it is. But you like make things about school, so maybe what are you talking about? Maybe you are a paedophile. When have I made something about school? Um, like Don't say maybe you are a paedophile. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? No, but like you've made to like like something that's about being in school, isn't it? What have I made? Like well, a game that we're playing now. I haven't made that. I've run it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, sorry, excuse me, carry on. I'm just saying, there are some things out there, you fucking idiot, that you would think... And, but you would look at it and go like, okay, I don't like that, but as an RPG, that would be great to no, play. I agree. I agree. We played that fucking Dragon Ball Z game on the Xbox. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> right? That was great. And that was great. Yeah. But, the, but Dragon Ball Z is for idiots. We both know that. That's what I'm talking about. There's sometimes when you... I thought that was a pretty universally known thing that yeah, people yes, think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Right, well, you... Uh, well, anyway, look, doesn't matter. Also, I was going to provide some background on the novels before we go through the RPG book here, right? But I saw some terms on the Wikipedia article for the uh, Raythu Chronicles. Uh, I saw some terms like the Tigron of Imanon and <laughs> Becoming Incepted and the Three Hara Become Rules of the Galaming. And so I figured we'd be better off just starting with the RPG because, I mean, it's the job of the Raythu RPG to introduce us to the world, right? 
So you don't even need to read the book. So let's just jump in. So the books. Uh, so is this RPG book part of the books, or or it's is... written by Storm Constantine. What's up, Storm? So is it up? written in the universe that no. the books are set in? Yes. It is exactly the universe that the books are set in. It even includes lore from the books, characters from the books. It's set. I don't know. So the I, books are uh, an entire series, and then she's think, written an RPG. I think it might take place after the books. That right. I think. So but, really, uh, really, if you're going to play the RPG, you should read the books. No, you don't need to read the books. <laughs> it's all here. It's all there. Okay. Look, I, you know me. Usually, I would have read them. But let's fucking be honest with ourselves. I know, I know it's wrong to say that they are probably rubbish. In fact, I know probably a hundred percent. I'm close to 99%. I reckon they're shit, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. And so the point is, I'm not I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to. Look, the point is, it's written by her, and she outlines the world in the fucking thing anyway. Why is everyone going silent? Right, okay. Because we, we don't know the story yet. Well, you are going to yeah, about to. Yeah, You're going to about to. That's why we're silent. We're eagerly waiting. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I'm painting my nails black in, in prep. I already did mine, so gutted. Um, Journey eyeliner. You know it. Uh, now, I have to hand it to Wraith through, right? Because it does feature, to my knowledge, the first cover art I've seen to feature my two favourite weapons, a dagger and an engorged penis. <laughs> now, as we'll get into later, Storm has gleefully managed to skirt any controversy by simply including a massive dangus on the cover. Because until you read the game and learn that Wraith through have flower genitals, you're not actually going to know how deeply cocky the cover is. She's like, bravo, really. Right, because she's yeah. it's just a massive dick right there on the cover. <laughs> it's the 90s when people are trying to worm that shit into everything, isn't it? it she did it. Yeah. She's a genius. Power and the fact her. is, is that the, the, the um, it's not even done tastefully. It's just a penis. <laughs> um, can I have a look? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, she, she, her, she actually wrote the book, as I mentioned, right? And while she is the sole credit on the cover, she did have help from a couple of other local Birmingham goths one of which is called Gabriel Strange. And he's a man who probably usually goes by Keith Wegman when he's at work at the local <laughs> McDonald's. But anyway, the book opens with a prologue that is so fucking murder dolls that I can't even, not once, skull emoji. <laughs> it's 13 fucking pages, lads. 13 what? pages of... Uh, uh, we're going to go through it, but it's r- absolute rubbish. And it was after this that I realised I made the right decision not reading the book because it's fucking... Yeah. It's, it's absolute garbo. It starts with a nameless character who's been forcibly locked in a shitty room for three days when something called a Yui Gena, and it's not Yui Gela, but Yui Gena, he unlocks the room, ties them down to a suspiciously horny bondage table before cutting both the nameless character and themselves across the wrist. The Yui Gena then pours, pours bl- his own blood into the character's blood. That's kind of it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah, the sort of thing he'd do. Yeah, in mixology, yeah. When you just met someone, he pulls his blood into the other guy's blood, and then he and then he fucks off. What are you doing, blood? What are you doing with that blood, blood? What's your, what's your blood in my blood, blood? Leave my blood alone, blood. Over the next few hours, the character feels some cool ass goth energy spreading through their arm, <laughs> and the way it's described is suitably like a corn album cover. And the protagonist Need talks about rata. talks about fiery <laughs> blades coursing through his flesh and icy needles slithering through their insides as their metamorphosis begins. Character then casts their mind back to just being in school for fucking ages before the narrative returns to the metamorphosis and they're back in the room with a bunch of other people who are going through the transformation and three of them have died in the process. Anyway, then it goes on 
about how about the slow transformation and it's really fucking boring and laden with loads of shitey descriptions that straight out of my immortal and eventually they awake only to find that they've become less fat less of a nerd and really good looking and a shadowy figure tells the person the following he says this is your beginning all that you were all that you knew and i've got to do a goth voice haven't i all that you knew all that you were you've left behind all the old limitations of your human form are meaningless now. You are Raithu. You are Ha. And that's not him letting out a little laugh at the end there. It's, it's, a, it's a term. You are Ha. You are Ha. Anyway, bye. <laughs> that would be great. Knock, knock. Who's there? Wraith. Wraith who? Ha. Bye. <laughs> Um, and he tells the protagonist that they are now strong, fast, and remade in the image of the mysterious Shadow Man. And the figure I mean, tells how could this be when they're only level one? Good question. Thanks, Jeff. Mysterious Shadow Man. And they just like, did this person not read the Sandman comics? It fucking tells you right there, he's a Yui Genna. So if you don't know what that means, then no, don't. neither do I. <laughs> um, Iguana. <laughs> that would be, that's a game. That's a game. Turn me into an iguana. That's a paddling. Uh, anyway, tells them, yeah, yeah, he says all of this shit, and he tells them that they are now Ha, no longer a man. Don't know what that means yet, but you will. And it ends with the protag saying, I am no longer Mikey, the frightened, ugly kid from the suburbs. Embrace yourself, because Mikey's cringe enough. He says, I am Bowline the Blade, who will help usher in a new world. What now, the fuck, man? Now, a couple of... Th- <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you for that, Sean. Uh, now, a couple of things. First of all... Which is he? Is he a Ha or is he a Raithu, right? Cause no, they he's got... Bowline the Bastard. But no, also, but... He's Bowline the Blade, that's his name, right? But no, the bloke tells him he's a Ha, he says he's a Raithu, but a Yui Jenna, a Yui no, Genna... Think... No, he's a Ha, but he thinks he's Raithu. Uh, and... That's a good theory, but also yeah. the Yui Genna, he said to him, I'm going to make you in my image. So is he not a Yui Genna? <laughs> um, I think that's a guy, though, isn't it? He's the guy that bends spoons and whatnot, isn't it? Like, he comes in. He's... Yeah, keep going with the Yuri Geller bit. It's get, it's got mileage, Sean. Yeah, but like that's probably the, like I don't know what like because like, I don't know what this thing is. No, neither uh, do I, mate. This is why the fucking thirteen pages is Sean, such like, nonsense. You, you can't try and get Harrison to answer something you don't know whilst no, you're going no, through fucking. Like, how am I going to answer it? We're trying to work this out as we go, you know. Doing... Well, tr- trust me, trust me. It's much worse for me reading it than me summarising it right now. I can fucking guarantee you that. Yeah. And and. It doesn't get answered for for a bit, but uh, the, basically, as you've rightly pointed out, the game is full of crap jargon, crap goth jargon, and uh, this will become much more clear later, right? So we'll know which one he is a heart. I, I, actually, to be honest, little spoiler, it doesn't become that much more clear. <laughs> but also, I can understand Mikey shedding his slave name, right? Mikey is kind of a shit name, right? Um, but Bowline the Blade? Bowline. Bowline. He named himself after in not used for mooring boats. Where did he come? Where did he come up with the name Bowline? Did where did he come from? To where did he go? Where did he come from, Bowline Joe? <laughs> and if, <laughs> 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 but also right, the, also the blade. Like Bowline is shit enough, but the blade. Like, come on, mate. That's like the most typical goth thing you are like i know it's a goth novel right but why not why not something cool or original like cassius the cudgel you know something original james come up with a cool goth name right now charles the cunt 
<laughs> I don't think that works. That seems like more of a British gangster name. Okay. How Charles about... the Cunt's coming down. Yeah, Charles the Cunt's mate. you got to know something about yeah, he's, he's a, cool, a right he's, cunt. He's a cool um, goth name. Um, oh, 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 no, no. No, no, wait, wait, wait. How Nightshade about... Devil Claw. The darkness, the wrath. Backslash McDark. <laughs> <laughs> Backslash McDark, that's a fucking winner. Backslash McDark it is. See, that would have been called in the bowline, the blade. I'm bowline the blade. Yeah. Oh, Cletus. Um, and Cletus lastly, if you, if you can believe such a thing, lads, that only took 13 pages. Eight times, 13, eight by 11 inch pages, right? To say basically nothing. <coughs> and I mean, it's turbo no, mega. To say bowline the blade. Yeah, like that's the conclusion. Actually, James, you feel on something there because Bowline the Blade was written in a very large font size. In that, <laughs> that, that was most of the 13 pages. Fuck. And this is like turbo mega cringe, but I think you can see why this appeals to goths and goth nerds because what is joining the goth subculture if not shedding your nerd slave name and becoming a dangerously handsome super person with powers? Now, I was flipping through the book to try and figure out what Yui Genin is. Or Yui Gen- I don't even know how it's pronounced. Um, what it is. And I do note the severe ugliness of the artwork. And I mean, turb is turbo fucking garbage, right? I mean, it's. I wonder, is Gabriel Strange the man responsible for the art? Is he still going? So I looked him up. I looked him up on uh, LinkedIn. Now, I'm not, don't worry, it's not going to get creepy. But his profile, right? And this is like. just He's a bloke who's called himself Gabriel Strange. And, mm. his pro, that, and this was written in 2007, so a long time ago. You think like us, he's gone, he's gone past his goth sad days, right? But um, here's his bio from LinkedIn. I might cut this out, but anyway. Gabriel Strange Wood, so he took his wife's name when they got married. A bit cucky. Is planning... No, that's judgmental. Is planning many things in his head, including a sequel to My Imaginary Human and a fantasy series of novellas. Though he is most likely is planning on how to leave the planet as quickly as possible before the madness spreads. He should have gone for the astronaut option. Um, why in third person? That's a LinkedIn. That's a LinkedIn of the bloke that did the artwork for this game. And I sent you guys a couple of the pieces of artwork. Yeah, I've seen Does it, it yeah. seem like... This, his description on LinkedIn, It you you could probably write that having ne- just looked at his artwork, couldn't you? Yeah, but I mean, if I did that artwork, I would not carry on with art. I'd go for the astronaut option. <laughs> I'd be leaving this planet as soon as I could. It's bad. It's bad in a, in a sort of way that it is... Um, Terrible. <laughs> like the sort of stuff like a goth would draw when they were 15. Yeah, know? like if they were like supposed to be doing schoolwork and that. There's a picture of a nerd in it. And what does it say on its teeth? It's like, I shit on Linux or something. Yeah, something, it's something like that. It's, oh, like, it's, it's, but it's like, like It's like they found an image of someone... And then you know when you um, overexpose it and it's super black and white, it looks like that's how they've done it. A cut-off filter. Yeah, cut-out filter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like that. It looks like that, but then imagine people standing in poses that are nigh on impossible and holding as many knives as they possibly could whilst looking as grumpy as possible. You've basically got the idea. It's like a corn album cover. Um, but is this, sort of like, like, is this sort of like what goths were like? Is this what they no. like? Do they just continue being that till they're like 40? Because that is weird, right? Continuing to be... Because I, to be no, honest, no, there was a point where we were slaves to the goth culture. Let's no, just, there's no two ways about it. We'd hang around in Red Hill doing goth stuff. No, but like, um, 
Goths. wearing big trousers and that. Goths are pretty chill though, man. Bit like, dark tight. Goths are I'm sure. Look, I'm like, sure that I'm sure. Goths I'm sure they goths. are. But there was a point where I stopped thinking that was cool. And I'm not. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum here. Look, like, if you think that's we were doing if you really think that's cool, that's that's all well and good. I just think it's a bit lame. No, the goth, and they are an easy target. No, the goth style is pretty like it's pretty. It's better than most styles. Look, Sean, the style That's, is all right. We're not talking about the style. The style is very attractive. We're we can all agree on that. Like, like the uh, the culture and and how and like thinking that thinking this type type of stuff is really cool unironically. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Probably not. Because I know look, there's a lot of goth adults that kind of like it in a kitsch sort of cheesy way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, oh yeah, man, look at how dark that is. And it's like, it's like yeah. oh, I love skulls. Yeah, it's like, oh, I like that. But then they've got a pink room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ex- that's exactly the type of person I'm thinking of. And like, but most people that grow out of it to the point where they they still love it, but it's less ser- they're less serious and stuck up about it. Yeah, Whereas there's, I can't there's imagine others that are like they're really turbo, just into the color black. Therefore, they've just they just like and they're just considered a goth. Where it's just like the aesthetic of goths yeah. is pretty. What do you mean, like that cool. woman that like drives a hearse and that, isn't it? Nah, just someone who's like just. Oh, uh, Henrietta Hearse. But I see. Um, but, no, uh, but for example, when we went out recently and we saw, we went to a gig for. We went to go and see Poppy. Yeah. Right? That was full of adult goths when I was outside in the smoking area that were. that had clearly stopped taking themselves so seriously. They still like the style. But they didn't put stuff about astronauts in their LinkedIn. And they certainly didn't draw yeah. artwork like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this guy's a one-off. <laughs> but I, I really can't fucking talk because I'm a 35-year-old skateboarder. Anyway, Raythu has to win an award for most sp- pages spent on the What is a Role-Playing Game segment. Go clocking on. in at 10 very skippable pages because economic use of words is apparently not Storm Constantine's strong suit. And the intro very much uh, showed that, because it was 13 pages to say a bloke came and he mixed blood and then he changed it to something else. Now, I've never read the Wraith Through books outside this RPG, and I never will. But I'm willing to bet that the trilogy could have probably been condensed into a single pamphlet. But moving on, after 10 pages of faffing about, we get into our first explanation of the world, lads. And it begins by telling us that over time, the landscape changes due to forestation just any landscape imagine a landscape it changes. that changes right? does it go black by any chance well yeah well, you know don't want to spoil anything <laughs> but <laughs> but you know forestation erosion weather right but this isn't needless fluff because it says now imagine that's all gone right, right so and i think we can yeah. put two and two together it's black as well so it's a bit like mars you'd say a bit like mars it's a bit like but a bit more goth now imagine, yeah, like imagine Earth, but it's gone all stupid, <laughs> right? And now dark. rivers, rivers are no, literally, that is genuinely what is actually happening here. Rivers are flying upstream, mountains are upside down, and natural disasters have started happening more frequently as the <laughs> as the world tries to rid itself of the plague, the plague that is humanity. Because as Slipknot once said, "People equals shit." <laughs> <laughs> Now, humanity being the plague that it is has fucked the uh, world with pollution, wars, the goth subculture, and the smell of Bobby Evans' undercarriage. And as such, sorry, and also like we, I mean, like to balance that out, we did bring to balance that out. I think Bobby Evans' crotch smells lovely. (laughs) We did bring the world Slipknot, so if you know, like goodbye. 
And uh, basically, the, um, the the population of the world in this book has uh, dwindled by 50% and continues to die even further as the world becomes a desolate wonderland. And I say wonderland because they're goths. They don't have that type of shit. Yeah, but if the population did dwindle by 50%, then the world would fucking thrive. Yeah, oh yeah, it would. Like so much. This is the thing. This is the thing that Storm Constantine is missing about this, right? Yeah, science. Well, I'm the, James is the real goth, right? Because he actually wants it to happen. Yeah. Well, this was like um, yeah, in the eighties when there were probably like far less people in the world. Yeah, if I recall correctly, the population in the eighties was, was roughly around five thousand people. Yeah. yeah. Or like one. It was one bloke <laughs> called Devon, and he did a great job repopulating the world. Yeah, his name was God. Anyway, now, Free humanity, guys. right, they've seen all this happen, all these disasters, all this weird shit happening, like genuinely actual weird shit is happening. And uh, humanity's like, oh, fuck, I can't believe you've done this. But it's too late. <laughs> now it's up to someone to save to, to, to save them. And in come the Wraithu. That's the name of the people who have come to save Earth. So and these they, sexy people are going to save people. Which is nice. The yeah. world, I mean. Oh, they're going to save the world. Uh, they aren't. Uh, spoiler um, but that's the name of the people who have come to save earth and they are Hara which is one of the names of Shiva from Hinduism when she combines with Vishnu and becomes a ladyboy so earlier on right when they said that bloke was now Har what that actually means in this setting is that they are neither male nor female right. so sometimes the Wraithu are simply referred to as just the Ha 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 so the race is Wraithu, the gender is Ha or Hara, but sometimes they use them interchangeably, and, you know, who cares? But the book goes on to tell us that they are, in appearance, androgynous, but athletic, right? Which is never... Androgynous, yes. Athletic, a goth has never been that. No, there's no... You ever seen no. a goth run on a track? Yeah, with their fucking, like, 20-inch heels. And trench coat. Yeah, yeah and no. sort of whiny nature. I mean, Ooh. I, I don't either, listeners. Let's just get that out of the I mean, way. Prince was pretty androgynous, and he was like quite athletic as well. Is he a goth? No. Moving on. Sean. How dare you insult Prince? We're talking don't you about know? Gothers. We're talking about goths, not Prince. Sorry. He has no place here, right? In fact, goths hate Prince. Actually, probably like him. I don't know. Um. And all the artwork reinforces this, basically. Typically having the appearance of a male gymnast with a lady's head and a man's penis, but with flowers on it. So it's an androgynous penis, I guess. I mean, that's that's Storm Constantine's idea of an androgynous penis. It's like, penis, man. Penis, flower, flower. lady. Right? That's it. That's it. That's, that's but it. how that's, does... It doesn't matter how they reproduce. No, how... no, no. Oh. Surely like, they've got to like go to the, to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, well, so it's sort of self-watering plant then, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, imagine that, just pollen, yeah. pollen fuss. <laughs> just going to, the, going to the urinal, just blasting pollen against the wall. Just, ah! Uh, Sky! Pollen fash. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, anyway, this uh, game is set in the real world, but has largely been renamed arbitrarily. So the Wraithu were originally born underneath the ruined ghettos of a place called North Megalithica. <laughs> Which, if I had to guess, was North America, but who the fuck knows? Anyway, after the Wraithu are born, they're mostly racist and hate humanity for essentially making them exist in a trash world that's basically returned to a tribal state. And humanity hate them right back because uh, they just want someone to blame for all their problems, which is pretty much the most accurate thing in this game. But the book frequently contradicts this fact anyway when it states that humanity both has very strong opinions about the Wraithu and also that it all sometimes states that nobody really knows about the existence of them but you know whatever goth stuff some anyway people, some people do and some don't I guess 
that would be the the realistic way to put it. But then it'll be I'm talking about like chapters apart. It'll be like on one part it'll be like little is known about the Rathu. And then it's like, humanity at large hates them. It's like, which one is it, Stone? Come on, mate. Yeah, why is it so hard to decipher this book? Eh? It's fucking hell, Sean. And it's long as well. Anyway, for some reason, then the Rathu then spread across Megalithica, which is America, by the way, and tried to take it over because humanity are doing gen- a generally shitty job of keeping it tidy. And soon, the uh, the Wraithu infiltrate every country in the world. And interestingly, they don't know where they came from, how they came to be, or any history beyond their birth on Earth. But they just assume, for no reason, that the Earth belongs to them. Um, it's uh, Storm Constantine American. She's British, mate. Which even makes it worse, honestly. So, okay, so why... I don't understand why in like Western culture... America is always like usually number one target for everything. Two words: hot topic. Real life. No, <laughs> uh, no it's, two words: conspiracy theory. I, I can imagine that in the eighties and early nineties, that goths. I reckon that they 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 probably had this idea of there being a bigger goth subculture in America, which is why a lot of the novels and indeed this RPG take place there. Can you imagine? Because they have hot yeah. topic. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's in, like in England, and... where did you go to buy your goth clothes? You had to go to fucking Camden. Yeah, Cam... If you lived in a small town, forget about it. Camden was cool. But it uh, was cool. Yeah. But the thing is, is that... Is that we, to be we... fair, all of the companies, I think, that sold the goth shit was American. Is criminal damage, Jinko? That bloke down the market? <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, these hot uh, hermaphrodites, goth hermaphrodites, who spent, essentially sweep the earth using a technique called insecting, where they mix their blood with that of a human, and they morph humanity into oh, themselves. Mate, that sounds like fucked up. I mean, I know it's really described at the beginning of, of too long, like far too many pages, but when you actually think about it, they're... they're slashing a wrist. They're slashing poisoning their wrist. other people. Yeah. Uh, like, they're, they're giving them goth aids. Essentially, yes. Gathades. Yeah, I mean, that's... Gathades Giving them gades. And uh, it's, it's where they mix their blood with that of a human, right? So they morph humanity into themselves. And as the book puts it, the Wraithu have spread like a plague. And, and this is the genuine words used in a book. book raping the cities. What? Almost literally, right? Because they're forcing this upon people. And the towns for resources and souls. And these souls are supposed, and, and bear in mind... These are supposed to be the cool, relatable, good guys that are setting. But they're raping. They're, they're blood raping everyone left, right and centre. They actually fully are, though. It's yeah, like, I mean, literally. Uh, I mean, at least they admit it. Vastly unlikable, though. Yeah, vastly. Although I'm liking Storm a bit more. I'd sit down and have a beer, but, you know, I, I'm not going to judge anyone's lifestyle. <laughs> uh, I see what that pe- flower penis is all about, but, you know, maybe suck a bit of pollen. <laughs> suck a petal off. Boom. Successful. With all but the final, final members of humanity hanging around and trying not to be raped into a mutant, Wraithu become the sole dominant race of the Earth and live in remote tribal communities. And a couple of observations, right? Firstly, the Wraithu turned up when the world was just about fucked into the bin, right? When five million humans had died, right? So why, in the intro to the book, was Mikey attending school and that? (laughs) Those are the questions that need to be well, asked. I've also got another question about how they decide to live their lives. Why remote populations? Good question. Like, Good surely, question. like, as, you know, well, I suppose they're not human if they're Wraithu, but surely 
as humanoid creatures, um, it's an innate thing to reproduce. Well, somehow, even though these things are being cloned, uh, even they're cloning each other left, right and centre to their exact image, they all have different ideas about the way to live, I guess. Look, it makes less sense than... On most things. Most things. Yeah, but, like, aren't all goths the same, you know? Well, yeah, but no. this is another thing, right? Surely you'd, you'd imagine that all these people would have similar... But I guess it's like, you remember back in the goth days, I remember somebody getting really angry at me for liking Linkin Park because it had rapping in it. I like rapping, I like metal. Now I realise the two should never meet. However... Um, what about Rage Against the Machine? They technically a rock band. Suck it! <laughs> okay, sorry. That's all right. I would agree. See, you, but you see how it happens. This yeah. is how the way through split it's up. It's because of it's because of this, this, this disagreements like this. So a couple uh, and, and also uh, another thing, right? Is that, okay. So Mikey was apparently attending school when the world has been utterly destroyed, and also that school child was being blood raped into being a gothic angel. That's a bit fucked up, isn't it? Oh man! Surely that's got to be worse than some of the stuff in Fatal. Yeah. That they've forcibly up, taken a child from his school and cut him and mixed their blood together. That is one of the grossest things it I've ever seem heard. Like she'd be loving it, though. Like. So morphed it into an androgynous. Okay, first of all, Mikey was a man, right? <clears throat> but yes, they've morphed him into an androgynous. No, I mean, like Storm, Storm. I don't think she wrote it in just to like, like she loved it or whatever. No, I doubt it. But it's just it's just imagery, yeah, isn't it? I mean, if it's you, like a fucking tools video. You know, if you if you would have read your fucking words back, you probably would have changed it. You know, yeah. There's true. a thing called proofreading. What you've what you've got. Yeah, but it was so good. Yeah. It was so good and so dark. So do they? The ages come into it because has this child now become a man of like of? To ageless be honest, we don't wonder. hear. We're not going to hear about Mikey again for the rest of this. Oh, and it's for good, <laughs> but it's still a bit fucked up, right? Really and another thing, right? To in what fucking universe are these characters people you would want to play? Um, You'd have to be some sort of messed up maniac. You'd have to be fucking Varg Vikernes or uh, Jeffrey Dahmer to want to play one of these guns. And it, now we do get to a section about uh, Raithu, right? And um, specifically, look about them. And we learn that Ha doesn't refer to the gender, but to an individual Raithu. Like using what? the word person, that's what it's like. So, so it's, it, which makes it especially confusing, right? But it's really not actually written in that way. But she says that. So, from also from a grammatical standpoint, it's fucking bonkers. So earlier, when that child was tied down and forcibly converted, right? The person says, "You are Raithu. You are Ha," which would be like me saying, "You are human. You are him." No, it's like you are human. You are a person. Sort no sort of. Sort of, but ha yeah, is also used. A ha. No, because yeah. yeah, and ha is also used for when you say when you uh, laugh. He, she or him, <laughs> and ha and when you laugh, <laughs> which is confusing, because you you hear you hear Raithu laughing, laughing, and ha, you're going to think ha, they're ha, saying ha, him, 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 him. Do they laugh in a different way then? Yeah, the way they laugh, it's like. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, it's very confusing. So so yeah, you would think it was you are a person, but then it's used actually in very different different ways. So it's 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 fucking it's dumb as dicks. <laughs> but but more importantly, I'm still not sure if I've actually understood it right, even though I'm fucking explaining it to you now because it's fucking stupid. And as we know, though, Storm Constantine is about as economic with words as I am with cool kickflips, which is to say not radical at all, because she, in this chapter about the Raithu, says all the stuff we just learned about these fucking cunts again. And in her defence, it does go into more detail, but did we need another 
paragraph about how cool and androgynous the Raithu are. You just need to get the word count up. You've got to get it up. It's got to be high. She's learnt that. Yeah. And um, I'm talking like, uh, you guys, I'm talking three paragraphs that are like, but if you saw one, you'd be confused because you would be like, is it a woman? Is it a man? And yet you would be aroused. That's kind of how it's written. It's like just it's sort of explaining to you why this is hot sort I, of thing. I don't like why this how is they're attract- assuming my arousal. Worth. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like it's for sort of like fuck you in it. Um anyway, let's talk about dongs, right? Because that's why we're all here, uh, isn't it? Yeah, so in this yeah. section we well, Sean oh, Sean really wanted to see the dong. He really did. Cover. Like, just look up the cover on the Earlier he was just like, Oh, can I see you? He's that, he's like, he was sweating, ladies and gentlemen. Had the book to hand. Well, of course I have the book because I bought it. I've got it here in front of me now. All right, let's have a look then. No. Okay. <laughs> so in this section, we uh, learn that Raythu aren't actually androgynous. They're hermaphrodites, which is... And I, I really hope I'm not going to get myself into choppy waters here. But it's a different thing, isn't it, than being androgynous? Because androgynous is exhibiting the traits of neither gender. Whereas hermaphrodites literally have characteristics of both, right? So that's different, isn't it? One's like something you're born with, the other one is like choosing to present it in a certain way, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So isn't that offensive? I don't know. Is it? If you've got any hermaphrodites listening, let me know. <laughs> if you've got any Raithu listening. Anyway, Raithu Hara both have, have both sets of genitals, right? And I'm not talking about a dingus and a mingus. Uh, they both have Uana and Suwan. So, you know, that's cleared up. Sweet. What are those? I don't know, mate. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, and Constantine, for some reason, feels the need to point out here that, that a lot of real animals also have the same situation going on, genital-wise. Some slugs, what? For, for example. Just just a very odd point to make, because Little it's a fantasy slugs. game, right? It's yeah. a fantasy game. Both sets of genitals that the Raithu had are made up anyway, so why does suddenly need to, need to compare it to some real-world example to make it more believable? I mean, if anything... The idea of the Raythru is fairly tame, as long as we're in the realms of fantasy. Why not make it a being composed entirely of ninjas? So it's like, oh yeah, you're a cool character. He's basically, he's like a slug. Gods are like slugs. <laughs> slug, so, but attractive and... It's like a really fucking sexy slug. Oh. So, Uana and Sorn, what the fuck are they? Well, the book sort of immediately moves on from this anyway and says that they're just the equivalent to the human reproductive organs and then talks about slugs for, like, 500 words, so who cares? In fact, I'll tell you who cares. I do, because I see a big flower dong on the cover and I'm intrigued, but instead it moves on and tells you that the way the Raythu reproduce is by blood transfusions, as we saw in the intro, rendering the dual appendages kind of pointless. So they've got both sets of genitals, but they can't do anything with them. Then the book goes on to tell us that the Wraith are immune to poison and disease and can digest food really quickly, which is why they're all so handsome. And obesity among the super goths doesn't happen. And I've got to be honest with you, lads, look, I'm not some kind of body positivity cunt, right? I'm a fat guy. But it's odd that such focus has been put on the body image of this people, because I think I've only ever met fat goths. Uh, I, know wh- I know one skinny one. No, most goths I know are slight, or used to know are skinny, but they like, I've, I've only met fat. What about Paula? Lots of layers. What about Paula? Forgot about her. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, in real life, I've only met chunky, chunky ones. Big goths. Oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Cool. The one in Butterfly Effect. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's just weird them having such a focus on it. Do you know what I mean? 
Like I've, there's a lot of fat goths. I don't think there's a lot. There's there's more fat goths in that subculture. Maybe the. I think it's the subculture with the most fat people in it. Maybe the more excluding RPGs would like to be skinnier. Yeah, maybe they would. By just saying you don't need, you just don't need to. Be yourself. Yeah, exactly. But what's your name? Um, Sean. It's a good name. That muffin is looking awfully like a hamster. Someone baked a hamster into my muffin. Now we learn that the only drawback of the Raythu physiology is not something called like Blade's weakness for blood, but the weakness for something called Aruna. Now this is where it's going to get horny. Um, <laughs> which as far as I can gather means knocking boots, bumping fuglies, sexual interplay. And if a Raythu doesn't get this on the reg, he goes total Karen. And it's not as if their need for Bunga Bunga is so dire that they become physically weak or something like that, but they just become prone to mood swings, lethargy, and cuntiness. So it's James's look on his face. I mean, there's actually. So, like, so they're innocent. now all sex pests. They're sex pests. And if they don't have sex, they basically become angry. I've people yes. like that in the world. So. Yeah, me. Uh, no, I could understand it. That's right? why I'm angry. If you were, if you had written into their setting, into your setting, like they need to do it every week, otherwise they die. That would be more interesting. But they're like, yeah, really. no, no, they become, they do become physically weak, although not that much. But it's mainly they become very angry, enraged, literally prone to smooth wings, mood swings, smooth wings, <laughs> prone to smooth wings. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, you just become a, an, an actual sex pest, like an actual. You you should be locked up. Well then, like a real Ralph Harris or whatever, you know. I mean, this is. Uh, but let's be honest, right? This this part this part of the game is stupid. Yeah. But the whole thing is stupid. <laughs> so we should have expected this. Yeah, now, but kind of didn't from a goth culture. From a goth, I can imagine a goth being moody about not having any sex because none of them are. <laughs> <laughs> no, no we got to be nice to these people. No, but they wouldn't be moody about it. Maybe that's why. No, I they wouldn't. Discord stuff. That's the thing, though. If you actually... The thing is, actually, uh, uh, the metal festivals I've been to and metal gigs, they're the nicest people. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and if they didn't have sex, they'd be pretty cool with it. They'd probably just play some Goldeneye, slappers only, odd job. <laughs> yes, mate. And if I may make another observation, lads, uh, the way Storm refers to the Raythu changes by the fucking second, right? <laughs> and sometimes they're called the horror, sometimes they're called the horish, sometimes. Ish. Yeah, yeah. So you know they're a little bit, they're a little bit androgynous. They've still got no, massive. No, they're a little penis. bit. They're a little bit of the person. The horish, like, like as in belonging to the har. Or sometimes they're called raithu har, and sometimes raithu kind. And it's so frequently different, and it's it's hard to demonstrate this without actually reading huge chunks of the book. And I'm not going to put you through that. But it's so 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 badly written, and that's just one example. But the book is full of stupid school boy errors that it's hugely difficult to read and if you think well what were you expecting from a teenage goth and you're right I'd expect this type of shit from an angsty teen but guess what lads here's a bit of trivia for you Storm Constantine was 51 when this RPG was written a fact that demonstrates that her writing style perhaps because of the acceptance into the goth culture hadn't evolved since the books she wrote when she was hang on a minute just doing a bit of just doing a bit of typing here she was 31 when the way through books come out Ah. Oh. And look, there's a whole chapter on Inception, right? The blood mixing ritual, which turns people into Raithu. And uh, it's elaborated on in an excruciatingly boring detail. But it is here that we learn what a Yui Genner is, lads. Shut yes. up. What is it? Basically, he's this Iranian magician. Oh. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> that joke never had legs to begin with, did it? Um, anyway. More spoons than legs, I'd say. <laughs> Fuck Brilliant. off. 
it's got a lot of spoons this joke um and it turns out that the Uigena is just a specific Raythu tribe. Now, once again, I have to point out that in the story, the kid, Mikey, was going to school, getting his head shoved down the loo and hanging out in malls <laughs> doing goth stuff. But if you remember the timeline of events, for the Uigena, the tribe, to even be a thing, right, it would have to be after this huge gradual decline of civilization, when Raythu more or less became the dominant race, a time where it's highly unlikely that human kids were going to fucking high school and smoking fags out the back of the Tesco car park. And now, to be fair... The school parts are mentioned in flashbacks, but unless that teenage boy was hundreds of years old, there's no way that it makes a fucking lick of sense. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Absolute garbage. That's what it is. Ah. You can believe such a thing. We've now got another chapter on through physiology, uh, in addition to the one we just fucking had. And it's not a chapter which fleshes the parts out in gameplay terms. It's just yet another chapter which talks about the same shit, but longer. And I use that term specifically because there's so little new information and I'm beginning to think that Constantine in her days writing short stories for magazines must have been paid by the word because her insultingly large overuse of words plays boggle with the mind. I mean, I'm talking yet another two mega paragraphs about digestion, speed, musculature, sexy appearance, even a bit on uh, Raythu DNA, which is, okay, that's new, but who fucking cares? If that ever once comes up in a game of Raythu in an interesting <laughs> way, I'll eat my own leg. It seems like she's had some ideas and then she suddenly drops them. You know? Well, no, the trouble is, is that she has a lot of ideas. Too many, if anything. Too many. And uh, doesn't know how okay. to not to put them all down onto paper. And also do them twice. Sometimes three times. Uh, and unsurprisingly, lads, uh, she reiterates that Raythu hate humanity again because goth. But what is <laughs> even more unsurprising is that Raythu are polyamorous, which is a 24-7 a bone... It's just like a 24-7 bone fest up in there. And even though many of them will choose to get married for apparently no reason, sexual jealousy is seen as a human thing. And a Raythu would just go around boning and cloning whoever the fuck they want. Uh, we also learned there is no known way for Raythu to reproduce without the blood thing. So here's a point that might have been worth thinking about. Firstly, their domination of humanity alongside their miraculous appearance on Earth might be the stupidest thing anyone in the universe has ever done, right? Because as far as I know, Raythu aren't immortal. So now they've killed all but five humans or whatever, so they've doomed themselves to extinction. On, on purpose, I might add, because uh, they, they see humanity as inferior. Now, that may be the case, right? The majority of us only have one sexual organ. So, yes, Raythu, in that sense, are very cool. But at least humanity has never basically sterilised itself, dooming itself to complete extermination. And just some, to reiterate... I've got the some Raythu news for you. Go on. No, I'm just being Well, um, just to reiterate, the Raythu, the lot of them, do know they need humans to reproduce, but they killed a lot of them anyway. But that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. So the whole setting at this point, right? The whole setting falls apart. Because they've gone, humanity's inferior, we'll turn them into us. We can't reproduce. Oh, fuck, I can't believe you've done this. That's basically it. Isn't that, the whole setting they... just de genocide? And, well, yeah, yeah it's, it's genocide and self... Well, purposeful self-genocide. And you've sort of done it in a couple of sentences, whereas, you know... She spent... Sean, this book is 450 pages long. 450 pages... <laughs> So I'm just going to go ahead and say the Raythu's flaws extend beyond a crippling need for lovemaking because their other flaw is literally deadly stupidity. And not only this, but the book tells us that not only did they kill the humans, but in enough cases for it to be worth mentioning, they raped humans to death. What? Literally a thing that happens. And that's a fun image for the whole family there. 
but uh, also wildly stupid, incredibly cruel, and yet another reason these lads aren't the good guys. Wait a second. How do oh. they, they rape? Oh, rape them with yeah, the no, blood. You know, they rape them with the piss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, with the blood. No, no, they do that. That's the one rape. That's the one. That's the mutant one. Yeah. And then they do the other one where they they have sex with them for fun and destroy them. But with their flower penis. That's right, baby. So they they insert their their. Imagine it was like you know. Let's like not. A, let's, let's, let's not. You know, like let's a, not. It's more of a cloaking. You know, like a tulip. Let's not. Let's not worry. Let's not worry you know, about. You know, like, you know, like a a lily. It's so like so it goes in like that and then opens. Yeah. Destroying like, like the a demogorgon's face. Like yes. This fly trap. And That's it. exactly what it is. It's like a demogorgon's face. You know what I say to that? Exactly my thoughts when reading the book, oh, right? No. I honestly, every time I read a sentence in this, I just thought to myself, fart. <laughs> no joke. No joke thing. Now, we all know, right, that this setting is the fucking dumbest thing since Guy McDonald's mum drank bus shampoo because she thought it was J2O. But I said at the start that I saw a lot of people call this setting interesting or cool. Now, I can only imagine that these people were fans of it when they were goth teens or whatever. It's something I like to call the Dragonlance formula, right? And I've invented this, right? And it goes like this. Teen fiction plus angsty teen plus time equals perceived good book. Basically, it's like Dragonlance, right? It's a shitty setting that makes no sense, but because people read it as a teen and remember it fondly, rather than looking at it through a fresh critical lens when they're adults, they just continue thinking it's amazing. And I can only imagine it's the same here. Now, there's a chapter on magic, which I'm going to skip, uh, because at a quick glance, I did notice that there's no game mechanics, uh, so it will likely come up later. So we do learn about magic later. Don't worry, I'm not actually skipping it, but I'm just skipping... Because there's two descriptions of it in the book, I'm skipping one of them, right? And uh, the next chapter is about the actual world, and no cap, when I saw this, I felt pretty not Gucci, because by Jove, by Gumbo, it's fucking longer than my penis, which is to say incredibly long, and... <laughs> But it's also equally thin. And I mean, it goes over the whole backstory again, which is the third time it does so, just using more words to say the same fucking thing. And well, I tried Maybe to... you need a reminder or a catch-up, because you read so many words. If you're thick enough to think this book is good, then yes. 100%. 100%. Um... But yeah, and I tried to find something interesting in this part, specifically reading the locations in the game, and I, I honestly, lads, seriously, lit I literally couldn't. What I mean is, I couldn't find anything that's bad but funny, right? Uh, I, I mean, it's all just so boring. Almost every city or country is like, once a thriving populace, it's now an empty wasteland. It's like, no fucking shit. They destroyed <laughs> the world. It, that, and that is literally every single fucking place. Angerville. Yeah, there's Angerville, um, Mega Sadnessburg, all of it. Um but they all are actually all given shitty names, uh, none of which I can remember now, but Megalithica just, just tells you the sort of shit we're dealing with. But the locations do have actual features, and uh, which, but they're usually... Dark and stormy. Pretty much, James. Uh, usually they're cloaked in secrecy, is what it will no. say, which is a fantastic way to avoid actually writing anything. Just talk about what it was before. For example... Fulmanir is a location somewhere in North Megalithica, which is America. Somewhere in the north of the USA. That's what it says about this place. That's where it is. Somewhere in the north of the USA, which is the most unspecific thing I think has ever been written down. But anyway, this place, Fulmanir, is apparently the headquarters of Ponclast, the Archon of the Vars. Uh, which, trust me, it doesn't matter what that means. But Fulminir is basically this huge walled city run by the Vars. 
and is uh, walled off so thoroughly and runs so secretly that the one detail we're told in the book is that it's difficult to grow crops there, but that was also difficult to do even before the world went to shit. So, basically, every single place is like, it'll tell you, um, like, pick an American city, for example, like, California? No, Florida. Right, so Seattle would be like, once a thriving nation of androgynous people who accepted one another but now it's a wasteland that's what it is for every single place in the game yeah but shouldn't it really just be about what it is like now like you know like in fallout and that. i know what you're thinking like yeah it would be nice to have some information if you're gming yeah, the game it might be nice to be told some details it's not as if you're going to tell the players that it'll be something for them to find out do you know what i mean um but uh unfortunately it includes nothing literally nothing i mean what did i expect it is a wasteland to be fair if anything, Fallout is too populated. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, after this, there's a section on famous Wraithu that you might meet, and of course, Pond class to the Archon of the Vars is mentioned, which is just oh, the worst. No, uh, like, I know. Yeah. Good guy, great bloke. And I, do you know what? The only reason I kept this in here is because I find it funny that because I think Pond class sounds like a child with a learning difficulty is trying to say podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Get in your car, dude. Get in your car! I'm in my car. That's fair, That's fair. Can you get in your car? No. Um, now there's a section on the different tribes you play as meet, have sex with, etc. And this part may well be straight out of uh, Vampire the Masquerade. It's, this is like the different clans in Vampire the Masquerade, equipped similarly with angsty artwork. But at least Vampire was a bit self-aware. In a way, I think this never is. Some examples of tribes include... Include the the colorastes, which are sometimes called the serpentara, and some idiot Wraithu believe them to be part snake, despite knowing that's not possible because they're all cloned of the same image, right? So they 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 literally cannot be part snake. But the colorastes uh, love this reputation, so they dress like snakes, and in the artwork it looks like someone is wearing a squid on their head. But other than dressing like a fucking idiot, what do we know about these guys? Well, the book says, yet again, few hard facts have been documented about their activities and culture. That's which, convenient. It's very convenient. It's, but, do you know what, as well? If you're a player and you think, oh, this race looks cool, I like having a squid on my head and somebody thinking I'm a lizard for no reason, you, you look at it and you go, right, so what details can I put into my character? Little is known about the... <laughs> oh, right, okay, well, thank you for that. Fucking great. Well, I suppose it fits in with the whole goth. Yeah, like, it's just about being mysterious, isn't it? It might as well just say, underneath everything, if you want to be from here, just say, just it's all mysterious. If you want to be from here, if you're from this clan, it's mysterious. Don't worry about it. This is it. All the character backstories are going to equate to where you're from, don't ask. That's literally it. That's not everything, though. Uh, there are some details about the hairstyles of the clan, their ability to move their hair like any other limb on their body, and also have slightly better senses than other tribes. It's not entirely clear why this occurs, but also despite mentioning their appearance thoroughly already, there's a section on their appearance again for some reason. And this is though the first mention in the book of any rules whatsoever. Right? Page 123. Under what? <laughs> under, exactly. Why? This is under traits, right? Before you've even learned how to make a character or what the stats even mean, 123 pages in, you uh, what you get for being a colorasteries is a uh, plus two to perception and plus one to willpower. Who knows how they work in this game? Doesn't matter. How does this game work? Well, it's cloaked in mystery. 
<laughs> just like the rest of the <laughs> exactly they should just do that with the rules the rules have... cloaked in mystery in the beginning of the game there was a 10 page long segment about how to play an RPG I would love it how to play an RPG well it's shrouded in darkness why <laughs> um, now at this point in my reading I didn't actually know the system but I'm willing to bet it's pretty shit uh, and, and, and that this is a pretty unimaginative way to build a race for a game just giving pluses in there instead of actually any you know gameplay differences I'm aware D&D's a bit shallow like that but D&D's also quite a deep game outside of that do you know what I mean? And the character classes tend to be very deep. Yeah, definitely. But there we go. Anyway, you've got the uh, you've got another one called the Galaming, which are like elves, basically, and they reckon they're superior. You've got two more nomadic tribes, just like the first one, right? Because they're nomadic, the Calasteries. And uh, you've got an English tribe called the Sulch, who, oh. uh, who have magical powers, which seems a bit Mary Sue-ish to me, because she's like, oh, yeah, the ones that can do magic? Yeah, they're British, like me. So, you know, just saying. But why is such a stupid name for the British? Fuck knows, mate. Fuck knows. The, the thing is, surely, all... like if being British, he would have given like the best name. Yeah, but I mean, you know, cool dude, spe- cool dude, spectacular. Or like the Dangleberries, you know. Something cool. You're expecting it to make sense or be cool. Yeah, that's the trouble. You're sadly mistaken. All of the names, bar none, are taken from like Hindu mythology and things like this. So I assume she's just taken a cool term like. The Har, the Hara, for example, it has very, very, it has a very minor amount to do with Hindu mythology, but she just likes the words. That's what it is. That's what it is. I imagine they're called the Sulkh for some fucking bullshit reason like that, where, I don't know. Because they sulk. Yeah. We're so, that's true. Yes. It's a fact. We're yeah. sulkers, yeah. aren't we, lads? I think I've figured it out. You have. If you've understood Storm Constantine's writing style, James, you need to see a doctor. Spoiler, I am Storm Constantine. You are she. Storm constantly. No, no, no. I am Ha. Wait. <laughs> nice. No, you are Raithu kind. No, Raithu. No, no, you are Raithu-ish. Harish. Mm-hmm. Harem. Harem? <laughs> anyway. Harim. Then you have the Yui Gena, which was that tribe from the start, and the artwork is cringer than my teenage diary. It's a bloke with cool spiky hair and spiked shoulder pads standing in a way so fucking impractical yet cool. He's wearing a big goth, goth trousers. <laughs> He's wearing big goth trousers. trousers and no. wearing them so low that you can see his pubes. And uh, these guys are like dark barbaric paedophiles, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's such a line. Basically, right, their big thing, and this is true, this is in the game, is they hang outside Hot well, not Hot Topic, but they hang outside Hot Topic and lure young kids into their lairs and forcibly incept them. That's what they do. And this is a playable race within the game. because Because that's just fun. It's, that's just a laugh, that's isn't it? Just tough. The trouble is, though, I was reading this and I was thinking, like, usually I play RPGs to escape, and this is what I do every Friday night, so I'm just like, why would I want to do this? Um... But these guys, I guess, are the bad guys. Because if you're playing a campaign and you have one of these in your party, your player characters should do their best to kill them immediately. And if they don't, that in play real needs... life. Exactly. And if they don't, that player needs to be chucked out of your group. Because if you agree with the you again, you're a cunt. <laughs> so, yeah, barbaric paedophiles. Um, That's cool, isn't it? And also, they're drawn in the most attractive way out of all of them. Like, maybe they'll make them look a bit like monsters. I know that's sort of not, not possible with the Wraith through, but, but you know what I mean. monsters inside, though, I guess. Yeah. Cut my life in. Yeah, but anyway, we finally get to the rules, lads. Yes. Don't get too excited. To generate a character, you do a bunch of shit like determine background statistics and hang on for a fucking second. You pick your race. Hold up. Wait a minute. The first race listed is human. 
Now the thing is, right, this may be the first time the book has made any sense because clearly the Mary Sue is fuck goth super rapists are not the good guys. And not to mention having already mostly dominated the world, the only course of action for a Wraithu character is interpersonal politics, sex and looking a bit fed up. Whereas playing a human trying to rebuild humanity in the wake of these cunts actually sounds way more fun than the probably intended experience. There is a catch though, lads. Most characters, even if they start as a human, become Wraithu anyway. What? Usually during character creation. So if you pick a human, it's like all you're really doing is choosing that as a background option. Fuck off. Okay. Um, what's the point? It's a bad game. It's a bad game, lads. It's a shit game. This shit. Should we play it? Yeah. Nah. Can I be a you again, please? No, you could be a, a Wraithu. Uh, uh, but women are much less susceptible to being turned. So if you if you want to play a human, you can be a woman. For, um, if you want it to make any sense, which it won't anyway. But for character creation, determine what you want to be, a woman or a wraith through, then start with four in each attribute, roll a number of d6s to determine which stats go up and by how much, then record your tribal bonuses, then note modifiers and pick merits and flaws. It's as generic as it gets. You get development points you can spend in shit, including merits and flaws, give you back some, blah blah blah. After this, determine skills and secondary stats and combat shit, and flaws which included a hundred pages later for some reason, include things like Beacon to another realm. Uh, this is a flaw where your character is a conduit to another dimension and can therefore be seen by otherworldly beings at any point. So basically, whenever the GM feels like it, no exaggeration, this is what it says, he can gate in monsters or beings from another realm, and what's funny about this is they usually take the form of something innocuous and can fuck with the player. They don't even have to be visible. So essentially, the GM at any point can gate in some big invisible fuck who breaks your equipment, trips you up, whatever the GM feels like. That's... Um, why would you pick that? So this person, like Storm, has obviously played some RPGs, and got fed up with people not going on a railroad so she's included a way yeah to fuck with people she doesn't like yeah exactly yeah you've you've put a nail on the head there mate or how about another one botched inception where you're a malformed wraithu or destiny which can be a merit or a flaw and is essentially just make up whatever your destiny is and then it's the gm's gm's uh they've got to put it into the story somehow it's it does it it's no there's nothing gameplay wise here and uh, oh, far too many of these merits and flaws feel like they're invented to not have associated rules so that Storm could avoid doing any bloody work beyond the 5,000 word explanations for each one. So like that one, for example, Destiny. It's no gameplay benefits. Uh, the bot's the inception. Also no gameplay. You just Your character just looks a bit different. Uh, the, the other one is just the GM. That's just something for them to do. That's a flaw. That's fair enough. It's a flaw. But... Um, yeah, none of them really have any gameplay mechanics. Well, few of them do, I should say. Well, because you do know that, especially back in the day, obviously all goths look the same. So mm. this is the only way to put their um, own mark, you know, their own individuality on that's, stuff. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But none of them have any gameplay implications because that would just be too much work, you know. Um, so let's say, for example, you're, you, you just put yourselves into the mind here, James and Shawnee. You're a lazy fucking designer, like Storm Constantine is, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make some merits. What's the laziest way you could make a merit in a game? Maybe just like plus one 
You've nailed it. That's it. All of them are basically that. You just get a plus to a roll, and basically they're fucking boring as shit. Like magical adept, you get plus three to magic. Uh, absolute composure, plus three to composure. Um, as for the rules of the game, it's basically a d20 system. It has some differences to, say, D&D, but none of them are noteworthy, as you can probably imagine. It's at this point, though, I realised something, right? And this reminded me of something. Sean, you're just going to ring a bell for you. This whole fucking book, right, is about character background, character detail, about making a Mary Sue goth character. And it reminded me so much of Iron Claw. You remember that? Iron Claw. It's that furry game where it's basically just oh, about creating your persona, giving yeah. them pluses and different shit, but no gameplay implications. Yeah, it's just like, so the author could say they were a furry and... It's goth ironclaw, mate. Yeah, you read the ridiculously, insultingly wordy character and world shit, and it's most mostly substanceless, su- and it's mostly substanceless. But there's a lot of it. And reading through, you kind of think the system is going to be similar, and you realise it's as shallow as a puddle, and that most things are not mechanically interesting. It's just rolling the same dice but adding different numbers. It's just her saying, like, telling everyone that she's goth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a cool goth. Here's all these options for your cool goth character. Yeah, and the game's like Ironclaw, that furry game. It's not meant to be played. It exists so you can make your ideal sexy grunger and give him 14-page backstory and then have sex with stuff and probably draw them on DeviantArt. That's it. The stats exist solely for your character to brag about while they hang around being apathetic to the world around them. And it's a furry game for goth teenagers, basically. Anyway... Just before we wrap up here, wrap up here, we never spoke about magic. And being as Raythu are psychic and stuff, we do have to speak about it. And I'm sorry, this is fucking boring. And look, it, trust me, it was more boring for me to read. So if you listen, you know about it, I've saved you a job. Uh, I can say hand on heart, right, lads, I've never hated anything more in my life. Not Bobby Evans, his mum, or the people of Portugal. It's so long, this magic section, so painfully, stupidly long... It's three full small font pages of why the Raythu, uh, why the Raythu cast magic and how. And basically, here's how it works, lads. They channel something called Agmara, which is life energy. That's it, right? It takes a further 15 pages before it even tells you how to cast one in game because it explains everything that it just did before in three pages, but extrapolates it out into 15. And do you know what? Here's how you do a fucking spell. Exactly the same way you do anything. You just roll a d20 and add an attribute. Of course you fucking do. And it takes 20 pages. 20 fucking pages. And just to give you an example here, in ICRPG, they have a similar system, an optional system, called Formless Magic. And in that game, it takes a single sentence to explain. The player says what they want to do, GM assigns it a difficulty, magic happens, get crit fail, and and it's terrible. That's it. That's it. It takes 20 pages. 20 pages yeah but again this is um a result of word, word count retardation all oh, right yeah 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 so basically each attribute is linked to uh, a different type of magic spirit magic for intelligence kinetic magic for decks and so on come you say right. what you want to do come magic is uh linked to charisma come charisma they call it in this game no no uh, you just say what you want to do and you roll it and it happens. So now, of course, it's up to the GM to determine how hard it is, and I suppose 10,000 words explaining it will help, but, you know, fucking hell. It's not a bad way of doing things. I actually quite like the formless magic, but in a world of godlike powers, it's actually a kind of good way of doing things. It's just that this section explaining it didn't need to be 20 it, pages. I'm also pretty sure it doesn't really ever explain it. Uh, probably not. No, it sort of does, honestly. It does, but in, in ridiculous detail, like where they draw the magic from, 
uh, what were the rights that you need to do in order to learn the powers for magic all surely all that bullshit should just be an add-on you know like uh, by the way I've sort of fluffed out this stuff if you want to know see I, I, I agree but I think there needs to be some explanation it's just be more economical with it if fucking D&D can do it in the short sections it has. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? True. Like the most bloated role-playing... Pathfinder is more easy to understand than this rubbish. Or at least it explains it in a quicker way than this rubbish. Do you know what I mean? And that's like the bloatiest of the bloat. This mm. is fucking 20 pages to explain that magic is you just make it up. That's it. <laughs> what a fucking load of rubbish. Yeah. So, um... That's a needlessly thorough look at Raythu, and we only actually went surface deep on a few things because the system included in that, you know, we only went surface deep, but trust me, it's really fucking boring. And it's still, still, I would say, this review is still needlessly thorough, even though we went surface deep on this. This is the longest review I've written in ages, <laughs> and it's 450 pages, and I've never read such nonsense in my life, but I like to think I can find the good in any product, lads. So... I'm just going to go over tiny two things. One, no, in fact, one thing that I found that was good in this, and then one thing that's going to basically cement that you should never play this game. First of all, the one thing I want to speak about was that on each page, you'll notice in the top right-hand corner of the page, it's got all the dice that you would ever roll. And on each page, it's got a different number on them. Yeah, that's actually... So if you've forgotten your dice, just flip to a random page. It's got a dice roll there for Not you. Not bad. That's that cool. That's cool. Intuitive. That's probably that's like great. The, one of the best ideas. It is. It's very, very clever, honestly. Um, and, you know, if you, the GM's definitely going to have a copy of the book, as I do, because I bought it with money. Uh, wink. Can I wank. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it... it there it is, there. Oh, okay. What do you think? Um, very, I can't really see it very well dark in here very dark in here yeah the ambiance uh, the ambiance but yeah that is the single good idea in the entire game uh, the other thing is a section called Aruna and the single gamer this is well you know that Aruna means sex in this world right and this is an important part of daily upkeep for a Raythu because you know if you don't do it you turn into a turn into an arsehole as, as I do um, so I don't. This is uh, this part is all about playing out sex scenes, and as the book puts it, as the book, uh, 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 what it says right is that the subject must be in a game of Raid Through. It must because the characters' lives quite literally revolve around it, and the amount to which your table bro broaches the subject is broken down into levels, right? And what's encouraged is that you start at the bottom level and you work your way up. Just like so, real life, I guess. So at level one, basically, you hand wave it. You go, yep, you two have sex and you move on, right? And as the book says, when you're comfortable with this, you can move on to level two. And on this level, sex is a core aspect of the game and players must players must partner up. You're not doing it with NPCs, motherfuckers. Players must partner up. What? Um, well, and actually what? actually have sex. You have sex in a game uh, and, uh, and your players are supposed to develop relationships and so on. And the third level is where you have relationships but you also now give blow by blow descriptions of every act you do which genitals you use how you tickle a minge how you sniff a tuchus that type of thing and the fourth and final level is the absolute worst thing ever right now there is something I haven't mentioned this far right that's far I think yeah. I did put it in the notes oh no no I did I did put it in so remember we talked earlier about raping stuff yeah. raping people yeah 
and it's a level four actual level rank. four right absolutely nothing is off the cards you are encouraged to not just go through move by move when you and your best mate's character are banging but also maybe create one of those Yui Gena types and your lure young lads into your lair wait 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 they expect you to do this shit in real life no, 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 no. Oh. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But, 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 the, but you act it out. Uh, describe things in 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 egregious detail. Um, if I if my character is having sex with your character, James, for for example, I might go right. Well, I lean in, give him a soft kiss on the cheek. Even that's making me uncomfortable. But like the, that type of thing. What if, it, I, what if my character does to you and goes, yeah, so what those are really chances of. And I start fooling with your uh, your anus, going around it, yeah, and poke it in. Tell me more. Um, then your areola. No, no, you're right. Uh, no, I was joking. I was joking. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, this, uh, this, uh, like, like, so before you describe, you, it's weird enough. So you doing, have to fucking right. So you, so now so when you level up. No, no, no. It's not leveling up. Sorry. This is you, just like different levels of role play. So okay. So when you when you role play level up. When you ascend to level ascend. four. At the table, so like throughout the uh, sessions, yep. Then you just have to get more explicit. Yep. Yeah, more binarific. Sean, no one, no one at our table ever. Never describe raping children as bonerific please. Oh, because that. Because oh, I thought we were still on level one. So. No, this is level four. Because oh, you must, you you might create one of the Yui Gena, right? And they they lure young lads into their lair. No, you need to be no, really explicit I'm, now. I'm and they what it no. says in the book is they sexually attack humans. I'm not really about that, really. Right, I'm not really about that. You know, not my cup of tea. Not really about humans. And also, just so you know, I'm not joking. Here's the quote from the book, right? And just remember that this game has loads of weird jargon in it. So, Pelkey means rape, okay? Uh, this is what she says. The last level allows you to be as graphic as you like. You can now bring in elements such as Pelkey. Oh, no, it actually says in brackets, right through term for rape. And Fucking the darker hell. sides of Aruna. Players should feel free to create quite nasty or sexually predatory characters if they so desire. So she's oh just like a horny little bitch with some proper, I don't know, Fifty Shades of Grey shit going on. So it goes beyond that, I reckon. It definitely, it definitely go, it goes, it goes far beyond. Fifty Shades of Grey, like, is. I mean, I've never bothered trying to. I've read part. Of, I, I, I haven't read part of it. I opened the book once and uh, looked at it, and it said she bent down and untied his converse. So, sort of noped out there. But anyway, yeah. So, so beyond just being kind of weird and including characters that, that rape people that maybe that you would be like okay that's an NPC class or whatever there is a point where she tells you that, that there is a level to which you can play this game where you can act out the weirdest fucking shit so in the previous level she says you know okay you're you're you're, you're, blo- you're describing sex acts blow by blow now you're describing you raping well possibly children because that happens in this game and and it's like I I don't know man like to an extent Fatal was more detailed in the things it was telling you to do but it was detailed in like the character build anal circumference all that shit because even Black Tokyo whatever the fuck it's called like that did include children in a setting that was meant to be sexual but never did it suggest yeah do you know what I mean this is fucked up it's fucked up and and I I was in two minds when I was writing this because I was a bit like oh Storm Constantine kind of actually recently died (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like I think I'm alright saying this is garbage because it is man 
And it's like putting that in a game is just is cunty. I'm sure she was a nice person, honestly. But like, we shared some um, deep issues. What? Some yeah. radical. She had some radical views, man. Totally wild. Donatello radical. Whoa. She was a small bean regarder. A shrub rocketeer. Uh, but no, that is, that's fucking disgusting. Genuinely to, to include in a game. And it's like, it's, it's, it sinks to depths. I think that maybe like Fatal, Tokyo Black, this. They're all on the same. They're all on level four, aren't they, really? Yeah. But they're just in different ways. You know what I mean? How about Beneath the Inverted Church? See that what seems tame by comparison to yeah. this. That I did think, that I did have Justin... a cloak made of actual semen in it, but like oh, yeah, but that's, that's fine. That's I think funny. you take the, the semen cloak. Over having read this, I want to play in. beneath the inverted church now. Yeah, that had a mirror that fired frogs out of it. That's actually cool. That is cool. Um, the rest of it was rubbish, but like yeah, I mean, I oh, mean, no, the monster, the bestiary was cool. Apart that from was all the dicks, but the piece. I think even including that was pretty cool. Mm. Some of them, were, like if you saw, a, there was that monster called GIF that was made of penises. <laughs> yeah. oh, Imagine yeah, seeing yeah. that coming towards you in a dungeon. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, any any closing thoughts that you guys want to make, Sean? Uh, I would play this ten out of ten. My, I mean, if I could get some rules out of it, if I could like squeeze. Look, trust me, the, the rule like, that I, I, main, I went over the main rule mechanic, it's just rolling a D20. Trust me, it ain't fucking worth it. The rules suck. Okay. Um, I would, I think, so I don't ever watch actual plays literally ever in my life. Um, but if there is an actual play of this that exists, I will watch it. This is another one where we need to find proof that somebody's ever played yeah, but it. Outside of Storm Constantine. No, but do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like one of those ones where it's just like the morbid curiosity would kick in. I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking watch you fucking weirdos. There's got to be like, it's a new TikTok challenge. It's like watching Wraith through actual plays until somebody gets raped. Like, that's the challenge. And it's like, you click on it. It's First like, video. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> challenge done. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, in conclusion, I love the combat. The animations are amazing. This game's awesome. I love it. Sounds so, so totally good. You know what? Actually, is is the most the most depressing thing about the whole thing, is it really, really, really fucks up goth culture. In a in a sense, I it does because nobody's ever heard of it. So no, no, no. That's a good point. There's such a heavy, heavy. Life. I know what you mean. It's a bit like it's a bit like when when you see shitty players at games and people that misrepresent the hobby and make yeah. you think that it's like full of yeah. turbo uptight nerds when it really isn't in some circles but then it's like this this is the sort of thing where imagine if i th- i think this actually did have quite a, like a bit of a clash from you know angered parents but imagine being a goth and then and then you're just like oh, i'm into just cool music that's all it is and that fashion and then you're sort of like but someone then, finds out about this and they're like oh my god you rapist oh my god you're, this is the type of stuff you like do you know what I mean it's like yeah. it's like goths like this it's the exact same thing with D&D it's like teenagers are playing this and killing each other yeah I, I see what you mean I see I think it's a fair, fair thing to make um, but we've spoken about this for literally nine years so should we move on uh, do some questions have some fun let's yeah. get out of the rape area here in the future you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. So, uh, big, <laughs> big York Rex. He says, "What safety tools do you use in games, and why don't they seem to work in your AP episodes?" 
Uh, he's got two questions, but it's the first one. For safety tools, like X cards, things like this. Liter- James looks so angry right now. Literally none. <laughs> yeah, none. None. No, none no, no. Out. I think we, we, we're cool. If, it's also if, just being... It's, be, it's being... Respectful. And reasonable adults. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if anything did ever come up and we're all a bit like, nah, no, 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 could you not? Then we'd just be like, yeah, cool. I don't think it would be. Would it? No, no. I, but, I don't think we would never if, go down that alley. Because, you know, it's like Adam Coble. big if, though. Adam Coble, he had that, that excuse, didn't he, where it was like, uh, he had the X card, so he can say whatever he wants because somebody can just hold that up. It's like, well, first of all, somebody's not going to hold it up because they don't want to create a rift. Second of all, why are you saying that shit in the first place? Fucking, do you remember Gary X-carded me in real life? He just grabbed a card, wrote an X in it, and then slammed it on the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a that was a dark day. Wasn't it somebody raping? Oh, God. Why does it come up so often? We just, it's because of the goth. Anyway. Anyway, no, we don't use any, but uh, I, I, we've, I think we've spoken about it before, but, you know, I just disagree with it. I don't, I don't, actually, you know what, I don't fucking disagree with it, but in, in con games, we've seen them put down on the table, and I think it just means you don't know each other, you don't know where the line is. If yeah, I think it's acceptable that too far, in that environment, because you should... But you um, don't need it with your mates, surely not. No. Because we, we played in a game with Bruce Cunnington, it was fucking amazing, uh, and it didn't include that much violent content, but you just put one down, because if, if somebody makes a joke that goes too far, or just goes down an avenue you don't like... It's acceptable. I think yeah. it should be more... Honestly, I don't see it used a lot of con games, but I've sat down at tables and we all just... There's a mutual respect there. There's certain things. In normal social situations, there's stuff you're not going to say just out of nowhere. You know, there's certain jokes you're not going to make. Same goes for any gaming table. Yep. Yep. However, there... There's alcohol. There's alcohol. <laughs> and there's also, in the RPG hobby, a lot of people with, let's say... Get overexcited. Autism. Yeah and maybe don't read the social cues so sometimes in those respects it can be handy um, I feel like we should have an X card in Sean's game for like every time our characters are dying yeah but then they'll just be held up all the time <laughs> hey ah, there see? he is verify knew it I mean no I didn't mean that uh, bonus question uh, Yorkie says uh, when people say I don't play D&D anymore I play Pathfinder why don't Fuck they really why don't they realise that they're all, all they're saying is I don't eat bologna and cheese sandwiches anymore? Is that bologna? I don't eat bologna and cheese sandwiches anymore. I eat cheese and bologna sandwiches. <laughs> so it's like he's because yeah, Pathfinder is a version of D and D, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Five, yeah. No, but no, 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 no. I don't think I think D and D has such a name for itself that it's always referred to as that. It is, and and you know, like you know, I, I still, I still I think, to this day tell people I'm playing D and D when I'm not. Well, same, but also saying saying I'm playing D and D, I don't play D and D anymore. I play Pathfinder. Is sort of, I can kind of get that because it is like saying I don't play D and D anymore. I play a different version of D and D. Yeah, because like we're playing D and D right now in the Pathfinder campaign, but, but it's you, just a different version. But you don't want to, yeah, like. You, it's sort of it's sort of laying your tastes out there because if somebody says, "Oh yeah, I really like Five E," and you say that, then they know that you're not, you don't dig it. I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be super diplomatic because it, you, you are right. It's like it's like saying I don't play D and D anymore. I play D and D. It's like yeah, but it's a different version. It's all much of a muchness, but it all depends on what your preference of type of D and D is. Do you know it's what like I mean? Saying I don't drive a car, I drive a Toyota. James actually works for Toyota and he's trying to get advertised. Have they paid you to say that? Well, I've done the employer branding wow. recently, so uh, no. Um, he went no, to, Ber- no, no, he went to I'm Berlin. I'm just saying it's the same kind of shit, you know. We're just like, oh, I drive a car, it's just a brand, isn't it? He went to Belgium. 
he's going to be in uh, he's going to be in Toyota posters, aren't you? Or something. This was uh, genuinely. What was the reason you got invited? Because I'm not white. <laughs> Literally that. <laughs> but the funny thing is, you play D and D and drink Guinness. You're white. Yeah, boy. Chicken McBacklog. He says, regardless of genre, what OSR game have you not played yet that you're keen to try? Um, definitely Cyborg for me. Oh yeah. I've had it for a good long time, and I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Borg. You've had it like, fucking like pretty Pirate much since Borg's it come out. Pirate, fuck Pirate Borg, man. Sure. Yeah. Stu- do you know what? Honestly, honestly, I did look at that and go, the name is so fucking dumb. That if that if if you couldn't put effort into that, how's the rest of the book going to be? Yeah, Cyborg is one for me, and uh, Warlock as well as another one. It's a retro clone slash OSR version of original Warhammer. The question one that you've wanted to play for ages and you haven't yet. Yeah, OSR game you have uh, not played yet that you're keen to try. Oh yeah, uh, Monty Python RPG because it should be delivered next month. I don't think. Oh, you you um, kickstarted, <laughs> didn't you? Yes, I can't nice. wait. Do you know what? Yeah. This is going to be this is going to be amazing. I can't wait to be proven right. Can't wait for you to use the cat. The cat. We get to do a part two. He didn't get a cat bolt. He didn't get the cat bolt. He did get the cat bolt. He just said he got a cat. Yes. Oh, that's going to be all worth it then. There's a dice catapult that comes with the Kickstarter. Yes. Um, yeah, so but that's not an OSR game, James. Sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah, but um, it's got deep twenty. Is that doing it? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Whatever. Sean, how about you? OSR game? To be honest, I've played all the ones that I want to play. You haven't played Warlock, mate. That's classic Warhammer retro oh, clone OSR sick. version. No, I do want to play that. That looks great. That does um, sound good. To be I've fair. got one called Wolves of God as well because I'm a big fan of. I've just recently learned that Ken Follett, his name isn't pronounced Ken Follett, it's Ken Fillet. What? No. And I've been reading his books. Are you pissing book. me off? I'm really not. And I've been reading his books for like so long. But Wolves of God uh, is he's a bit like it's Dark Ages role playing in a historical setting, and that is pretty Ken Fillet, if you ask me. Mate, that's very fucking. Ken it does. Fillet. I used to work with a woman called Kelly Ch- Kelly Channel was her name, and she would say it was Kelly Chanel. <laughs> and uh, it does. It does seem a bit like that. Like because he's Welsh. It's got to be Ken Follett. I, that sounded Indian. I can't do a Welsh accent. What are you doing? You promised my son free Roblox. <laughs> well, it's like, um, we used to know a guy called Peter Leverley, but he used to say it was Peter Lavalle, yeah? What a cunt he was as well. Pete, if you're listening, he's definitely not listening, but what a fucking twat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, uh, Wolves of God. Yes, that's another OSR game I have yet to play that I have. It's a historical setting and it looks fucking awesome. Um What's cool as well is that the way the book is written uh, for Wolves of God is that it's written as if it was a game the monks in the Dark Ages used to play and that the rules have just recently been uncovered. That's, and it's kind of a cool that's presentation pretty fucking way of cool. doing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, Warlock, Bounty Python RPG, which definitely is not... But yeah. Um, Big York Rex. He simply says, who would win in a fight? Oh, definitely, definitely me. The unfortunate thing is if it, you... But, this is England where we more often than not right you say what you're not rather than what you are right so you when yeah. you say to somebody of course I did it I'm not an idiot not of course I did it I'm really smart right so but you've just gone yes I'd win yeah the annoying thing is that is true but you're not really supposed to say no, it I'd mind you off mate 
You would not munt us off. First sure, of all, mate. You first get snapped of all, first by of all, you, of he would snap you in. He would tie you up sure, like a man. knot, and oh, you would. Yeah. It would sure. kick you. I know you've got like some good agility, and that's but just ge- because we all fought together when we were younger. You two mostly. We're thinking along the same lines. You would fucking break. No. Like, like no, you know your vegan structure. I'm definitely harder than Sean, right? That's a fact, right? And then you're harder than me. That's the food chain. No, like Sean, you do have an you've got the, you do have an island boy for seat. No, we'd all be bleeding quite heavily, but when I you do, do think that seen those guys boxing. Yeah, the video, James, you've got to see the island boys boxing. Because they were trying to get into the No, you're going to send me the the other one instead by accident on purpose. No, I won't. But they. Shut up. I like fries, but I like them with ketchup. But the there was a video of them. They were trying to get into the YouTuber boxing circuit, but it was long after they were relevant, right? And it's just him. His mate's got the pads up, and he's punching them. And this island boy's wailing on it, like a, honestly, like a little girl, Jesus. like a little, yeah, like a baboon, like, but not even a strong one. And sh- it, it, literally, when you fought Sean on top of the hill when we were drunk that time, when Sean was flailing at you, that's what you looked like. I wasn't fighting. You've got island boy physique and it's island boy fighting technique. Tactical. Yeah, you got the wacky waving inflatable flailing arm tube man. He's got that technique code no, on. Yeah, it was tactical waving. It was a tactical flailing. James is harder than all of us because he goes to the gym and he's actually really swole. And the other day we were at the pub and he was boasting about how much weight he can do. No, I was being proud yeah, of oh, oh, no, no, I t- look, I'm proud of you as well, mate. <laughs> I am. But here's the thing. It's just not a world that I give a fuck about. But I do like you being happy as my friend. But he just came into the, he came into the pub and completely out of nowhere nobody even fucking asked he was like he was like do you know um, I went to the gym the other day and I can actually bench the highest amount of weight possible to put on one of them stick things that's what he said he said stick things as well and I'm not even sure that's the right term yeah Jim completed it completed it mate you did say that though James I did say I completed it yeah because I have yeah because you can lift the highest weight yeah man the journey continues isn't it Did Goku stop? No. Well, he That's did, all I need to say. No, yeah, he ate a sensu bean and fucking trip balls. Have you eaten a sensu bean? Yeah, loads. Sick. Yeah, mate, that's, um, that's why it's so swollen. Yeah, James would win in a fight. He's actually hard, whereas me and Sean are not very hard, but I am harder I'm than Sean. I'm hard. Sean, Sean, I could fuck. If I picked Sean's you like up. Sean's like a bamboo I could stick. Pick, I could, genuinely, you are. I could pick you up with one hand. What happened to fat Sean? What happened to fat goth Sean? Um, the, oh, you know yeah, what? I really don't recall the fatness. I'm surprised I was surprised you don't, man. Sean, po- Sean has been so skinny for so long. I was 16 and a half stone, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, that is... Sean! That, I was hench. Sean, he was... Do, do you remember... Do you know there's that picture that circulates? People might know it. There's a meme that circulates about 90s kids starter pack. And there's a picture of a, like a sort of chubby kid with spiky hair. And, do, and Sean, it looks well like you, doesn't it? I have see, I've seen that starter pack. Sean, that has... If, you're ever that weight? No, he was during his teenage years. He was a fatty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, only for like three years though, isn't it? Bro, that was during his time where I. Did we not talk during that time or something? No, we did. We didn't see each other. Oh, that, no, but here's the thing. No, during that time, that was when Sean used to do try and eat a whole bucket. Of ca- this was before he was vegan. Like, oh. Trying to eat a whole bucket of KFC. Oh, your your clothes, clothes were so big and I'm baggy. Just going weight. Yeah, because there's something wrong with you. It's because you're vegan diet. You've got your meat again, man. I miss when you would eat a whole KFC bucket, then be sick, and then finish the rest of the bucket. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Bit of bulimia. <laughs> it does not count. He wasn't sick on purpose. It was because he'd eaten so much KFC. Bit of accidental bulimia. Yeah, classic. 
They, no, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, no clever name, Sid. He says, "What is the capital of Albania?" And of course, I know what that is. Uh, it is um, Terania. Nailed it. I think. Also, do you ever take <laughs> mechanics from one game and port them over to Loads. another? Always. Always. Yeah. For example, the Escalation die from 13th Age or Inspiration from D&D 5e. If I recall correctly, the um, Escalation die is actually a really cool fucking rule. Whereby, when you start a combat, to get a crit, you need to roll a 20. Yes. The next round, it's a 19 and above. Next round, it's an 18. So, it means crit. the fight naturally wraps itself up a bit more quicker. Um, yeah, so in the fantasy that um, you also like in D and D imported the Savage Worlds Benny system. I did when I ran that, and uh, we're running OSC at the moment. I've got inspiration from D and D Five E. I've got uh, cards for initiative um, from Savage Worlds, and if you've got uh, for every plus modifier you have on decks, you get an extra card and get to pick the better, better of the two. Uh, yeah, I port stuff over all the time, man. There's all, there's loads of good shit. Yeah, those little homebrew hack and slashes, they're great. If you'd like something from one system, port it over into the other, it doesn't break the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and it never does. Like really You actually sad. think there's been so many moments where, say, Harrison has not been like, oh, I've ported this over. Do you, is it too much? He's like, no, because you're not pulling your punches. It gives us... It means that we're, we're kind of... For instance, playing OSC, it's quite a, a character churner. We got the inspiration um, token. It's a bit, of a, bit of a, um, a bit of a buffer, isn't it? It's like uh, yeah, it's, it has made the game easier, but I don't know that much easier because no, no, you could still die in one we, hit. We're not so um, scared. Yeah, because you've got a little, a little. We've got buffer. something else, so that means we'll do more cool moves than not. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Sean, how what were we gonna say? No, I was just gonna say it depends on your knowledge of val- balance and it and what's balance. Fuck balance, man. Balance is for nubs. Seriously, you worry about it so much. And we're like in your Fallout campaign. Every time we got something good, you're trying to tell us that a herd of cows consists of two cows. Sean, you know like how smallest herd. How well you <laughs> navigated that campaign. And you thought it was like unbalanced in the players' favour. Sean, you thought you thought the game was fucking over when we got two nukes. The only thing again. that was the only thing that was over was our characters. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, it's yeah. no such thing as it is. Balance is for idiots. Look at this fucking campaign, right? There's definitely your character is way more survivable than the cleric at the moment because yeah, the cleric squatted a fucking squat champ. Yeah, yeah, but the cleric becomes more survivable in the end. But though, that's the point. But that's not. But that's but that, not. That's the game is never balanced. To where every character is roughly the same. It's never. It's also yeah, it's never. Not, it's not that. But it's yeah, that, but it's also never balanced to where it's like. Uh, but but balance is a myth, right? If if I just said to you, like last last game when you fought that big boss, right? There was an eight hit die monster. That's technically seven levels above where you should fight. If you'd run in like a fucking idiot, you would have died. That's not a balanced encounter. It's not a balanced encounter because it's not designed for no. you to win half of the time it, what it is is that's an unbalanced encounter that's where the fun comes from balance is balance yeah. is a, it's it's a myth it's a joke it doesn't exist you're a joke you but yeah i don't know why you was you were so worried about it man sean no sean, when yeah. we got 30 cows in the fallout game the game changed significantly from us being from it being about pure survival to us it being also about our business venture Right, yeah. I tell you what, we but, do but we do love gone, a good business venture. I've realised exactly. But we, you could have gone at that point. You could have gone. Oh, the game's unbalanced. They've got uh, easy money now. It's like okay, we got easier money, but it's like 
that, but it be it, the balance has just shifted in a different direction. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, you. But, uh, I don't know. They, they, I'm trying to think of a mechanic you could port from one game to another that would destroy the game so much they would ruin it. And I can't think of one. Good. Oh, uh, heroes never go die. On, go on. Heroes never die. Yeah, but then that is you're specifically going for a complete different flavor of campaign at that yeah, point. But I mean, if you didn't, I will say this. No, because there's a serious and this is a huge massive spoiler for the Adventure Zone podcast there's a series called the Adventure Zone just skip forward like 30 seconds called the Adventure Zone and in that the characters are unkillable it's written into the plot of the thing but the plot just becomes about other stuff it becomes about them saving other people because you know they're never going to die so even that it's like yeah it's unbalanced it would ruin a lot of games but like the game could just become about something else yeah do you I mean, know what I mean? If I'd known now, I probably wouldn't have listened to it. But yeah, um. yeah. So honestly, same. But the reveal was like series five, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Mario, would you teach me some Italian? No. Okay. Thanks. Uh, illicit illicit. The illicit illicit. He says in episode ninety-six, I asked if I could look. I asked if I should look for a new RPG group on Tinder, Craigslist, or 4chan, as my players are what you people might call bellends. Taking your advice, I found a group of five players on 4chan, and we're playing. I don't even remember this at all. And we're playing OSE via text, and they're perfectly polite and respectable players. Other than constantly asking me if we can move the game into a more of an ERPG erotic RPG I'm told on the podcast you often suggest that Ramrod should create content the players find engaging and not hold the game to their pre-written plots or concepts of what the game should be does this mean I have no choice and I should start making the goblin sexy yes <laughs> end of uh, no definitely not, definitely not. I, I have to say uh, to clarify what I did mean by that was like the thing is, I, I've had campaigns that I wanted to start serious that went in a sh- silly direction. Or I've had campaigns that I wanted to be silly that then got very emotional. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But it, what I mean by that is not just creating content that just they want to see, but I mean creating content that they want to see that you also have fun running. If, if, if that Venn diagram doesn't link up, then maybe you shouldn't do it. If you absolutely would never run an erotic RPG, don't do it. If it's something that you think you can get enjoyment out of, like by making cool storylines into it, absolutely do it. Why the hell not? Could be a good laugh, and it's only by text anyway. It's not as if you have to look these people in the eye. Yeah. Although I would never do that. Yeah. It's up to you, though, mate. His his na- screen name is Illicit Illithid Loves Cock. Ah. Well, so, there's, oh, there's your fault. So I think there's definitely a bit, there's definitely a hint of that. Maybe don't go full thing, but like, I don't know. You could make it just a little bit hot under the collar. Um, Keep like carry-on humour. Oh, tits! Yeah, I don't think they ever said all tits, but no, you know, but like, just if if they go into a room with a sexy goblin prostitute, you don't have to describe the whole thing, but just buy a slide whistle. That's my advice. So whenever something happens, just. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when you, um, yeah, that's when you, when, when shit goes south, it goes down. Perfect. Um, Stag, this is the last question of the night. He says, which RPG book has the best Sean's looking like he wants to die? You right over there? Yeah, no, I'm just feeling pretty ill. Um, okay, sorry. Sorry, right. no. Carry up. Right, this is bang. exactly. Do you remember? Do you remember before when Sean said he was going to be on the podcast? Then wasn't. Then called. Just say, oh, you're like. 
Like, I could definitely, like, fake ill. Like, I could definitely be there in a minute. Like, you do look genuinely ill. Uh, no, I am ill, yeah. Like, Why did you come here? Because I thought I was really excited to be on the podcast. <laughs> well, he's only once ever been excited. Now it's today. Other times he's like, oh, I've got to go to my job helping people. <laughs> <laughs> They're helping you, Sean. We've told you this many times. <laughs> Do you think you are? <laughs> No, but what, he's been sitting there with his head in his hands for the last 20 minutes, James. He's not even... Your head's not in this. Your heart's not in this. No, my heart's, your heart's in it. My Sean, heart your heart's yes. not in this. My head says... Head's in this. God hands. damn it. And my stomach says no. Chilli. <laughs> Why did you eat a chilli last night? Crackers. Oh, Who told older. you to do that? Because yeah, like, I'm hard, innit? No, you're not. You know? All right, well, Sean, that, you, you'll be pleased to know we'll wrap this up. I mean... Your contribution's been amazing. You did say yes about 15 minutes ago. Uh, that was good. That was a highlight. <laughs> no, you said yes. He's looking at me. 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so there. All right, Stag. He says, which RPG book has the best smell? I'm rather partial to the smell of 7th edition Call of Cthulhu Keeper rulebook and the new Troika Softback edition. Um, don't know, like, new books have that new book smell. So. Uh, 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 that's where you're wrong. I do remember the 7th edition smell. That did smell pretty pang. That was good. That book that you borrowed off me for a while and dog here to fuck that's now worth hundreds of quid. What? No, that's, that's the same. Oh. oh, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, the 7th edition, yeah, that does have a nice smell. Hmm. I do think... I don't know if you feel the same way, Sean, but you know the um, the newer Savage Worlds books? And yeah. this is a good, good segue because CJ recently... Oh, actually, yeah, what do you think of those things that he sent you? Amazing, like, really good. Because uh, you could uh, you could basically um, use them as an add-on to Savage Pathfinder. So there's so Let's many different... The Savage Worlds Fantasy Companion there, listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I was about to ask. To find, um, what are you talking about, Sean? Uh, so you could use them for that. And, uh, like, there's huge amounts of races and bloody classes as well. Can you be a race through those, Sean? No. Well, they've been it. Check it. Fucking been it. Be? Who wants to be? I do. I oh. am a Wraithu. Or whatever. Um, But yes, I don't know if you agree, Sean, but you know the newest Savage Worlds books? They've got yeah. a good smell to them. Uh, They do. And a good, they're a nice size as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I, I have to say, as much as it's one of my most prized possessions, the Indiana Jones box set that you got me, James, has a very, very musty smell to it. I quite like that, though. Uh, so do I. You know yeah, it's yeah, authentically yeah. old in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I like the old books where they're, um, instead of the uh, plastic coated paper, they're like mm. like an old Bible. If you oh, smell yeah, an old yeah, Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's silky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that that's kind of must. Stuff. That's a good one. The um, I got a copy of Domains of Dread. Uh, I think it's like a second edition Ravenloft book that is uh, that smells of peanuts for some reason. That's quite nice. <laughs> but I think if we're talking about new books... I've got so accustomed to the uh, smell of the uh, print-on-demand stuff from Drive-Thru-RPG. But the, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I've got a lot of the print-on-demand stuff from Drive-Thru-RPG and that's got a very distinct smell that I, that, I don't know, it just fills me with nostalgia, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's because like, it's... Not um, nostalgia, but like that feeling of like, ah, it's like, ah this nice is new, new book for the shelf. Yeah. Ah, this has just been printed. Um... Yeah, that's that's probably it. My the domains of dread has a very nice smell to it. I don't know why, but the the DCC stuff as well has a very distinctive sort of must. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know. But you get used to it. Do you know what I mean? It's like that type of thing where I used to do this thing. This is terrible. But when I opened a new video game, I'd smell the inside of the box. Everyone did that though. 
Fair enough. Good. I feel better. James has given us a look like we're idiots. We're insane. Like instruction. New game smell, man. Hang on, I've got a new game. You, I'll, you I'll, wouldn't I'll fucking smell. chuck your nose in it. I've never chucked my nose inside a fucking video game box. Right, this is relatively easy. Open 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 ones. Just get open that. Open that and have a whiff of it. Yeah, I know that smell. Yeah, but you see what I mean? It's not like ah. Uh, New games oh, yeah, going no, on get, Switch. I get that, yeah, yeah. It's like the clinically, like, like sterile. Yeah. Um, by the way, that game, he was just sniffing his baton, Kytos 1 and 2 HD remaster for Nintendo Switch. If you're curious about how a JRPG and a card game uh, mash up to make a fully new genre, don't bother, it's fucking rubbish. <laughs> that was a show. Sean, you doing all right, mate? Um, Perk up, mate. No, I'm, yeah, I'm doing great. Not I'm doing. doing he's dying over there, man, James. You should there. see his face. Stand up a second. Look at his face. Look at that face. It just looks normal. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like. No, it's good, man. You said a couple of sentences. It's really been good having you here. You said a couple of sentences. No, but it's good because fans know you're here. It's like it's like a new yeah, game smell. It's like, it's like I know you're here. I don't when, know when, when eventually they realise but James though seriously I've got to say great contributions today you've done a great job I really <laughs> I'm genuinely I'm going to cry but Sean um, you know you've so been here look I would defend myself but I think I need to throw up so you can you're not going to be sick in my toilet uh, maybe Sean you you may have to you're sick in my toilet at least twice no, do you do know? You do know. Well, once, Sean, you do know that you know that. Do you know that Millie takes? She has to have immunosuppressant drugs. Oh yeah, you're not actually going to be sick, am I? Okay, all right. We'll cut all of that. Um, uh, well, anyway, uh, good episode. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, so yeah, basically, you're gay. <laughs> 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 have you seen that meme? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do things on this guitar that you never could. So yeah, basically you're gay. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, James, hit us with his contacts here. Sean, stop doing that. What are you doing? He's unplugging his mic already. Oh, I thought we'd You what fucking mongrel! Did he unplug? Oh, you really? fucking no. It's unfortunately it's still caught. I can't, I can't believe you. But did he actually oh, unplug it? You really thought I was going to end with so yeah, you're gay. That's homophobic. Right, listen, Why? listen. Three TRPG pod. At gmail.com. And look up... Sean, don't say .com because you think it's funny. Look up a 3T RPG pod um, just online. Follow the socials. Don't do much on it. Um, but I will say that we are ever so grateful for the patron patronages. And you know, get on there because if that runs out, we are stopping. You're not going to hear dank nugs from Sean with wisdom. It, yeah. yeah, well, you, you mean, won't hear the fact that he wants to chunder and stuff. So, I mean, uh, I mean, that'll be good. No, but, but do do we got the disc link to the Discord in the description? Uh, go in there. There's a lot of nice people in there, and I should, you know, uh, bizarrely respectful and nice in there. Um, Drive for RFD. We got some products. Email us at three uh, trpgpod at gmail dot com, and that is going to be it for today, Sean. When you throw throw the twenty, you get the twenty, and that's a great thing. That's. Is that the? Is that the? Uh... Literally not. Sean doesn't. He doesn't want to be here, does he? No. So. Um, right. See. This has been a washout. The best ones haven't come. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for coming. <laughs> hey, you're just mad because I'll be able to do something with my fucking guitar and hands that you'll never be able to achieve in your entire life, kid. So yeah, you're gay. <laughs>